Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network. In the future, none of you are heroes. You're legends. Get driven. Stay driven. Shout out to uh, our very own uh, Magic Mike, 
It's his uh, birthday today, so happy birthday, Mike, and I uh, hope you have a good day. And, uh, you know, we are you, 30 today, Mike? <laughs> so uh, happy birthday, Mike, and, uh, you know, maybe we'll hear from Mike today. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. So I want to start the show with some uh, MLB. We're going to talk about, uh, first I want to talk about the awards, because First, we'll start off with the, with the Cy Young just because I find this comical. So, first, obviously, Scherzer won the National League. You know, well deserved. Guy had a great year. I know some of the Cubs people are unhappy. Lester and Hendricks came second and third. But Scherzer, you can't, you know, Scherzer's a great pitcher. The guy had a great year. Can't really argue with that. The American League won is the, is the one. So, Porcello won, and Porcello had a great year. Let's not take anything away from Porcello. The guy had an unbelievable year. I find it just funny the comments that were made afterwards by Verlander's girlfriend, Kate Upton, saying, I'm the MLB writer. I'm the only one who acts Justin Verlander. And this choice is that, like, Verlander's obviously pissed he got screwed. Now, if you look at the voting, he kind of did get screwed because a couple of people didn't even give, put him on their ballot, which is insane. He was on a couple of the ballots that he had left his left off, he would have won. So, you know, the fact that he was left off the ballot was, was the reason he didn't win those, and that's why she's upset. Not the whole first place vote thing. It's that he wasn't even on the ballot, which was kind of stunning, you know, when you really think of it. So it just kind of, the comments she made were hysterical, you know, just saying, you know, I'm the only one who left Justin Verlander, and, and, you know, and, you know, she kind of ripped MLB. Porcello kind of handled it right. And then, you know, he, he was basically just like, you know, I want, he's not really paying attention to it. He don't really care what she's saying. But I, I find it funny that uh, – I, I found it funny that she she would say that. And then he came out. Noah Syndergaard comes out and, and says and, – because you know, he didn't get any votes. Like he didn't, he wasn't. He only got four votes, and he just thought, "It's okay, Kate. I only got four votes total. Nobody likes me." As a joke, so that was funny that uh, he would put that in. But Verlander, who with those last two ballots, Verlander would have needed one of the following to happen: one first place vote, one second place vote, plus a second, third, or fourth place vote, and two third place votes. So out of the two ballots, all he would have needed was two of those things to happen. A brother didn't seem too upset himself. He just said, I wanted to thank everybody who voted for me. But uh, for the record, I would have had Berlander on my ballot if I had a Cy Young vote. I don't think it's completely. This is one of the writers that wrote this to lead him off quality pitching. Yeah, but, yeah, he probably should have appeared on all 30 ballots. And that was the problem. He didn't appear on all 30 ballots. And I think that's why he didn't win. Beat out Berlander. the second closest vote in history. Verlander actually received more first-place votes than Purcell, way more, 14-8, to eight, but Purcell won because he had a huge edge in second-place votes, 18-2. to two. Also, two left, like I said, two voters left Verlander off their five-spot ballot entirely. It, could, it would have been his second, second Cy Young. It's the first for Purcell. I want to ask something interesting now. So Verlander is a Tiger, right? Then you have... Scherzer, who won the Cy Young, is a former Tiger. And Porcello, who won the Cy Young, is another former Tiger. So I see the Tigers are shooting out Cy Young Award winners left and right. So that, that's pretty good. They just can't hold on to them all. But it's pretty interesting that uh, all, both 
Berlin lost out, and the other two that won in the National American League were both former Tigers. So the Tigers are just shooting out uh, Star Young award winners. They, they need to hold on to them. And then uh, they would have some stamp they still had shares of that. So, and, and Porcello, for that matter. So very interesting stuff. Then we'll look at uh, the MVPs. Chris Bryant won. Oh, you know, Daniel Murphy came in second. Very well-deserved. Had a great season. Unbelievable. I know people were saying maybe he wouldn't win. You know, he wouldn't win it because, you know, uh-oh, because they had Rizzo on the same team. But, you know, I'm happy that they gave it to him. And, uh, you know, he deserved it there. And then Trout, who won it, I see some controversy on this. Now, listen, Trout's clearly the best player in base. But I understand why some people were saying he shouldn't have won MVP because if his team was, in, you know, ain't that good. But, you know, his OPS was so much higher than everybody else. He, he's a, you know, he's a center fielder. But you can make an argument, Mookie Betts. Listen, Mookie Betts could definitely be in the argument here that he could have got it. You know, a couple other guys as well. But I just find it, uh, I think, you know, maybe they gave it to him because of the name. I mean, I don't know how they really worked that out. But, listen, Trout's the best player in baseball, so you really can't argue when you get in the side young. You really can't. I mean, sorry, on the MVP. You really can't argue that. I mean, he is the best player in baseball, but you can make Buki Betts. You can make a good argument for Betts and a couple other guys that could have had, you know, a shot as well. But you can't argue with Trout. You really can't. And the American, uh, American League Rookie of the Year went to Michael Fulmer, the former Magics, the guy they traded for Cespedes. So that was, it. you know, that, that was, you know, nice to see him win rookie of the year. The Mets got all the in his house. And the guy he traded for him won rookie of the year and a, a rising star. And Corey Seager obviously wins it in a nationally great year. He was actually in the MVP voting. He's like third in the MVP voting. So you can't really, uh, you know, the guy stud future is, is right there. So actually got a call. We're going to take a call right now. The man Adam, Good morning. How you doing? What's up, man? Good morning. I'm doing good. Nothing Thanks better than nothing better than waking up with Mojo on Saturday morning. <laughs> Thank you, man. Thank you. Are you, are you out for a run right now? Yeah, I just finished up running. I uh, couldn't sleep well this morning, so I was up uh, pretty early. Beautiful day in New York. Nice. Yeah, it's nice out today, right? Yeah, if I say low 50s right now, sunny, no wind, perfect condition. Oh, wow. Perfect running condition. Hey, before yeah. we get into the sports, how was the race? Your big race. It was it was great. Third time uh that I finished the New York City Marathon. Uh unbelievable. Crowds are fantastic. Really makes you proud to uh to be a New Yorker on Marathon Sunday. Million plus people, you know, screaming their lungs out for you. Uh what's better that than is that? That is awesome. Let me ask you, as you're running like that through, you know, every like whatever couple of mile or mile or whatever it is. You uh, people handing you water and stuff. Um, so they have there. There's a water and Gatorade station set up every mile, and then also okay. throughout the course, all that are handing out like spectators handing out bottles of water or you like cut up bananas. So you know you're never lacking. Oh, that's nice for something. Yeah, that's nice. That's always nice. That's a great experience. You know, it's very something you should be proud of. I mean, to finish that race. I mean, that's you know. That's some, that's Thank some you. I appreciate it. Really it. Is. But look, it's really I, I tell it to everyone. If if it's something that you want to do, all you have to do is is uh, put in some time and train, and then you can complete it. Look, whether whether you do it in four hours or eight hours, it doesn't matter. Once you know, 
you cross that finish line, you're a winner. They put a medal on you, and it's uh, nothing better. It's a great feeling, right? Great feeling. Unbelievable. Good job, man. So you did Thanks. it alone, or did you do it with any other friends? Yeah, no, I did it. So in, in 2011, I did it with a buddy of mine. Uh, it was both of our first times doing it. And then last year, I did it by myself, and this year, I did it by myself. Oh, awesome. That is awesome, man. So, How is it running uh, over the Verrazano cool. Bridge? It's awesome. It's it's it's, it's surreal. You know, I've, you drive over that bridge uh, countless times, um, and it's a very different perspective when uh, when you run over it. You know, when you start in Fort Wadsworth in Staten Island, um, you know, the, the gun goes off and then play uh, New York, New York every single year to start the race. And it sound, it, it's, it's like awesome. a boom a booming rendition. It sounds like it's coming from the heavens. And then you're off here and you, know, you hit the bridge. They have the, uh, the fire department has water boats, uh, you know, in the, in the river that's, uh, you know, blasting up uh, water in all different colors. And, you know, police are out oh, on the bridge. Awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. Helicopters overhead. It's, it's great. And, uh, you it know, cra- the- it must be crazy when you saw it, right? Like when you saw it, there's all those people like bunched together, right? That's yeah, crazy. It gets, it's, it's crowded from the start, you know, through most of 4th Avenue in Brooklyn. And then, you know, once you start to get towards like, you know, downtown Brooklyn, like and make your way to Queens, that's when it starts to thin out a little bit. Like when you hit the Pulaski Bridge, I'd say, which is the halfway part, uh, Mark, it uh, yeah, it starts to, to spread out of it. That's where you have people slowing up, fading back, right? Because you know not yeah, everybody yeah. can keep up the same pace. Exactly. Pretty what cool. was your finish time? Uh, I did a three fifty eight marathon, which actually was the the slowest of my three. But this time I had a different perspective. I kind of just wanted to go out and take in the crowd, enjoy every minute of it. You know, I ran with a smile on my face every step of the way this time. You know, when I did it in yeah. 2011, you're you're nervous. It's the first time doing it. You don't know what to expect. And then last year, I put a tremendous amount of internal pressure on myself. I wanted to uh, to get a certain time, which I did. But I didn't really get to enjoy the race. You know, I was still concentrated on my breathing and, you know, focused on my yeah, pace. Yeah. So this year, I kind of just threw all that out the window. I said, whatever happens, happens. I just want to enjoy it. And I did, which was great. Oh, that's great. Awesome. Awesome job, man. Thank you. Thank you. So, you know, you were talking about all the the baseball awards, and it's really, you know, Kate Upton set off like a a firestorm with her tweet. But you have to agree with her. I mean, I think these baseball writers are so out of touch. A guy like Berlander clearly wins, like, the first place voting 14 to 8, and then he loses – you know, the, the Cy Young Award, because the second-place voters is, like, like 20 to 2. Like, and some of these guys don't two, have him yeah. at 18 to 2. And some of these guys don't have him in their top five. Like, are you kidding me? It, like, but between I, this and, and uh, Cooperstown voting, like, it, I, it's just insane. It's like, dude, they, they make these awards, like, you know, meaningless. No, it really is. I agree. I mean, and the guy definitely deserves to be at least in the top five, like you said. I mean, like, you know, to leave him off the ballot altogether, it's just it's unexplainable. It really is. It made no sense. And I guess the fact that it's like, you know, there's full transparency in the, the voting, it makes it a little bit better now. But, like, 
like these guys, like how do you defend your your logic and rationale to, to leave him out of the top five? I I don't get it. It blows my mind. I agree. I mean, her tweet was funny though, right? I guess the way she said it, you know, to put it the way she put it makes it funny, you know. But oh, it's incredible. A word, but you can't, you can't, like like you said, you can't blame her. You really can't. I mean, she's no. obviously pissed no. off on her boyfriend, you know. Beyonce. I think they're you know, it, it makes it makes no sense. Yeah. I mean, the way they voted made no sense at all. It really did. So, but. What do you think about uh? What do you think about the whole you know Neil Walker accepting the offer and the whole Cespedes, you know, Look, I, you and know, stuff like that? I you know we don't I don't think we see eye to eye on the whole Walker situation. Like to me, he's like a rock solid player. You you know, coming off back surgery, hopefully he he stays healthy next year. I like the Walker signing. I, I'm not going to knock it when they let Murphy go and and sign Walker. To me, it's okay. Um, as far as Cespedes goes, it pains me that uh, there's like a more likely than not chance that he's gone. Um, I, I think, look, it's baseball. Everyone gets the extra year now. We talk about it all the time. We're a New York team. Just suck it up. Give them the five years. Our window is closing very quickly with our pitching. Um, you know, knock on wood, hopefully everyone's back this year. They're healthy. Um, you know, they're at least 80% of what, what they once were. Um, you got a shot again if, if Cespedes is in the middle of your lineup. Now, you know, you, uh, switching gears a little bit, you know, you sent the articles to us during the week about, like, the Yankees maybe having interest now that they've unloaded McCann. You know, a couple of my buddies are, are diehard Yankee fans, and they want nothing to do with Cespedes just because um, you look at, like, where the Yankees are now from, like, a, a youth and rebuilding standpoint, and they don't think it makes sense. They're not saying he's not a great player. They just don't think he's a fit for the Yankees right now with where they are. Yeah, no, you know, and uh, Richard uh I was actually listening to Mike Francesa yesterday, and he said the same thing. He's like, the Yankees ain't ready to win next year. So, you know, he'd rather see them wait a year before they go out and start signing guys. And, you know, I think the Yankees are still going to sign a short-term deal, like a Beltran or a Batista or an Econos. I think that makes more sense, like a one- or two-year contract for them, where they could get, like, yeah. a, a DH platoon, like someone, you know, when they're in the National League, like someone that they could put in uh, the outfield that's not a, a huge liability. So, I, yeah, I agree. I think that that makes more sense for them. Um, the Yankees but, go, let's just say the Yankees would have signed a set the Yankees then what would they do a judge and they want to play their young guys. So, you know, right. Of course, there's a problem I there. I don't see them getting set. It was just an article I seen. I don't actually see them getting it. I just don't yeah. see it. I, I think but, to me, like when the scare, you know, the scariest team, I think is the most realistic team. I, I think the Nationals are going to make a, a big push for him. Yeah, I agree. And they're saying the Giants too are a big threat. Yeah, it could be. I mean, they're they're one of those teams that uh, they always seem to to push the right buttons, right? And and they're like the and they need a defender, so yeah, I, I can see it. But you know, just as a mess sitting there, like when they, like it, 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 it just bothers me that they just sit there and they wait for the market to develop. They're just not aggressive. It's just amazing. Like they just don't want to sign anybody. That's just that's, that's, Sandy's, that's Sandy's mo, and like it's not even. Of course, like, the Wilpons have a say in the matter, and, and they don't like to open their wallets. But that's part of the reason why they hired Sandy is because he sort of has the same school of thought that they do. 
So it's like a perfect yeah. match for, for the – and they don't have to answer the questions. They can leave it to him. Right. You know. Exactly. And as for Walker – Whereas, no, like, you, you had a guy like, Walker. like Mania that was going out and, like, spending money like crazy. You know, if he's the GM right now, that's going to get signed, like, immediately. Oh, yeah, of course. So. You know, going to Walker – you know, it's not even that I don't like. I actually like Walker a lot. I just think that now that he took the seventeen million, that even affects us more keeping sex than it is, you know? Right. That's the way I right. look at that. But we'll see what happens. It's almost, this is probably gonna drag out for like a month or more. It could, you know? but it also a team could come in, right, you know, and, and offer him the five years, like what, a hundred to hundred twenty and he signs. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't I, know. I, I think the Mets offer him five one ten or something. He'll probably take it. You yeah, know, I, I think, think he would take year. a little less from the Mets. Yeah, I think year. he would take a little yeah. less from the Mets. So I really think he genuinely likes it here. And then you hear this week that Reyes has said the whole team wants him back. So here you got the whole team that wants him back. You got well, the whole fan base wants him back. The Mets don't want him back. They just don't care. It seems like. So let me ask you something else, switching gears for a minute, because I know you like to always talk some NFL, too. So how are you feeling about the Giants right now? you got to be feeling good. I, You know, 6-3. and three, um, you got Chicago at home this weekend, and then you go on the road to Cleveland. I just pray that somehow Cleveland wins this weekend. They beat Pittsburgh just so the, the Giants don't go in there and they're still, you know, still hasn't won a game. That's just a typical, like, letdown Giants. Oh. Football game and like the writings on the wall there. Yeah, that's the game you don't want to see, right? You don't want to see but, that game. Yeah. <laughs> but look, I, I feel I feel pretty good. I, I they still haven't played a complete game yet. Um, six and three again. Eli was a, a little exposed last week. Um, Cruz was out. You had uh, I forget the guy's name. The the um, wide receiver that got the start uh, didn't run the right route. Eli threw uh, you know a bad interception. I don't think it's his fault. I think he got. Uh, you know, people jump jumped on it a little bit too much again. Um, defense is playing great. Uh, you know, Collins has been unbelievable this season. If they had someone else to line up next to him, he'd be even better. Um, I think the line has, has been solid. You know, we we spoke about uh, Vernon. I you know he hasn't the sack numbers aren't there uh, yet, but putting tremendous amount of pressure on the quarterback up the middle. They look good. You know, Snack Harrison and Hankins are you know look great up the middle. JPP's having a good year. Um, I don't know. I feel uh, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that the Giants will uh, make a playoff push. Yeah, no, they're in good shape at six and three. Now, let me tell you, I, uh, you know, we talked about it last week and a week before about the Giants not having that four-minute offense to close out a game running the ball, and they did it on Monday night. Yeah, you know that third and yeah. six when they ran that draw on third and six to Jennings. I mean Jennings finally had a good game. Yeah, bucked out. Yeah, he looked like he was running good. downhill with with some uh, some anger. So that's yeah. what you want to pick. So yeah, that was definitely it was, it was good the way they ended the game. You know, yeah, like, to just run out the clock like that was you know something they you know with their running game being the way it was you haven't expected from them. You know, yeah. So it was nice to see. And I think you were talking about Roger. Was it Roger Lewis or Dwayne Harris? You were talking about the receiver. Lewis, 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 right? Yeah, because he's a young guy. But yeah, like you said, they listen. They're playing good. They're six and three. You know, couple. Would you win? Would they win now? Four in a row. Yeah. 
So now you got yeah, the they fans started, at home. They started and then out doing their own. Yeah. So, uh, no, no now, now you got the week. fans at home without Jeffrey. No Jeffrey. I mean, it should yeah. be a game the Giants. I like the Giants a lot tomorrow. I think the Giants should win that game easy. And then in Cleveland, I mean, so you look at Giants get to do that, take care of business. They're eight and three all of a sudden, right? Yeah. So, yeah. And look, they knocked off Dallas. For. They knocked off Dallas on the road. They beat Philly at home. The Washington game that lost, they should have won that game. Um, yeah. So let's see what happens. You know. Yeah, you can take one week at a time, but you got to be happy. I mean, things are going well yeah. right now. And like you said, Collins is playing unbelievable at safety right now. Yeah, unbelievable. So we'll see. All so, right, I've got to run, but I'm going to keep listening. Thank you. Thanks Have for coming in, the buddy. Show. Of course. Thank Have you, a good man. time in Maryland. Enjoy your weekend. To you. you too. Thank you, man. Bye-bye. Bye. Adam from Manhattan. Calling in, talking some Mets and some Giants, big Giant fan. So good to hear from him, talking some Giants and uh, and some Mets. And yeah, like he was saying, I think the thing with the people is is more like with with us with Walker. I think it's more like uh, I think it's just a money thing. Like he got seventeen million, so are the Mets now going to say, well, we can't give out any big deals now because we just gave. You know, Walker, $17 million. I'm hoping it ain't going to be like that, but with the Mets, you never know. It's amazing we even got to think like this because, you know, another big market team, this one is most likely even be an issue, so that's what it would be signed. So, you know, it's just troubling, troubling to me that they're just laying back in the weeds. So we'll see what happens there. But, listen, I, I you know, I, I like the Mets' chances – of keeping him in a way because I think he really wants to be here. My biggest worry is the Wilcon and Alderson getting, you know, want like you know, give him the deal he really wants. So I guess that that's going to be something we all have to keep an eye on as we go forward. And uh, hope you know, just hope for the best. So we'll go from there. But anybody want to call in, talk about any sport? Seven one eight five zero eight nine eight eight three. The Mojo Sports Show is underway. We're talking about. All sports right now, and, uh, you know, we're going to do some football at 9.15 with Pete calling in. We'll be doing the picks and everything. The PDV calls in at 9.15. And right now I'm just kind of going through the league, you know, through all the teams, through some news. And I did some Mets, a little Mets in the beginning. You know, the Mets are banking on all their pitches coming back next year, so it'll be interesting to see how that's going to play. We're hoping, you know, obviously they lost Cologne, but, you know, $12.5 million dollars. You know, the Mets spending ways. I understand letting him go because they have pitching depth. I heard from I heard I seen the stupidest thing ever. And I know guys are hurt, but the Mets blog has a writer. Well we all know Matt Sarone, you know, spell checking and all that stuff ain't that good and you know, some of his writing has been off the wall, but the girl he has writing for Maggie, I don't know what her last name is. I mean she wrote an article saying the Mets have no pitching or no no pitching depth or stuff. First of all, without Cologne. First of all, they have seven pitches if everybody's back that you have to consider everybody's coming back or they want to let Cologne leave. Now, I'm not saying everybody's going to be healthy. But the Mets have seven pitches. That, you know, I mean, Lugo and Giselle both pitched well this year. Now, I'm not saying these guys are great pitches, but it's further, you know, but they're still number four, number five type pitches that you got, you can put in. The Mets, you know, with Syndergaard, DeGrom, and Harvey, all indications are well, DeGrom's surgery wasn't serious, so he's going to be back. And one of the cases where Harvey's doing well and Max is doing well, 
So, I mean, you still got to have these top pitches. I mean, if Wheeler, you know, we don't know what we're going to get out of Wheeler, but you got to figure Wheeler's going to come back. It's the second year for Tommy John. So, I, I you know, I, I like, you know, I'm pretty pretty uh, confident that the Mets pitching will be fine next year. Now, I'm worried about the bullpen with Familia. Obviously, he's got some issues going on, and I'd like to see them add another good, you know, back-end reliever. Are they going to just go with Reed and then move everybody up the spot? Because you got to figure uh, Familia's going to get suspended for at least 25 games, if not 50. It's just, you know, you look what happened with Chapman last year. So, you, they're going to suspend them no matter what. I mean, Chapman got cleared, and he still got suspended. So, even if Familia gets cleared, he's still going to get a suspension from MLB. So you got to figure in the 25 or 50 games, most likely. So we'll see what happens there. So, you know, but I'm confident the pitching will be back. You know, the, the, the decision, obviously, Cespedes is what's going to happen. And if they do keep Cespedes, then what? Who gets traded? Bruce, Granderson, because they won't go forward on the play. they got too many lefties. Their whole outfield's lefties, except Ligaris, who comes off the bench. So the Mets definitely need to make the trade and trade one of these lefty hitters. And, you know, it's supposed to get a lot of interest in Bruce and Granderson, especially Bruce. I heard Toronto is really interested in Bruce. So the Mets can do something and get themselves a decent, a pretty good relief pitcher or maybe even a catcher in the trade. You know, how about this? I know, how about a Bruce for Russell Martin swap for Toronto? I think that's something that makes sense for both teams. Martin's coming off a bad season, but he's a good, good veteran catcher, right-handed bat. I think that's the type of deal that could make sense. You know, he only got like two years left on his deal maybe a one year. I think both guys might have one year left. So the deal makes sense. You know, I, I think maybe Bruce is making a couple of million more a year, but not much. You know, Bruce has only got $13 million. So I think that's a deal that makes sense. Bruce for Russell Martin. Uh, that's something I would look at if I was the Mets. I would love to get Russell Martin. I heard, I read something yesterday. The Mets might not tend to Rene Rivera now. They may let him walk now. This guy, you could keep him for basically no money. Why did you let him walk? He was their best catcher last year. Bono was terrible. Why did you let Rivera walk? If you're not planning on, unless you're planning on signing a big free agent like Matt Wieters or something or Wilson Ramos, why did you let him walk? It makes no sense to let Rene Rivera walk at all. So it's just another head-scratching move from the match. So we'll see what happens there. For the Yankees, so you, have, you have the Yankees. You know, that, you know, Cashman came out and said he's looking to spend some money, you know, maybe on some bats. With, you know, there's really no arms worth spending. Maybe the Yankees try to make a trade for a sale. But like Francesca was saying yesterday, I think the Yankees should wait a year. I don't think they're ready to win anything next year anyway. You got to let the young players develop. The Yankees are going in the right direction. Don't ruin it and start spending crazy. Let these guys develop. See what you got. Let Judge play. Let Bird come play at first. Let's see what you got here. You got all these prospects. Obviously, nobody holds on to all these prospects they traded for. So they're going to trade somebody. And then they're going to trade a few of them eventually, but you wait for the right time. Yeah, I, I, I know I spoke to people. I would trade them for sale if I was the Yankees. I would trade a few of these guys to get a Chris Sale. That I would do. That, to me, is worth, worth a move. He's the type of pitcher you do that for, Chris Sale. But there's not many other guys available that I would do this for. You know, he's one of the few guys that I would make that type of deal. But the Yankees are building the right. They need arms more than bat. I know Cassius said we're going to spend on a bat. But if you look at the Yankees, I think they need pitch. I mean, pitching should be what they're looking for. You know, they have hitting. 
now listen, I like the idea of them signing Beltran on a short-term deal or an Encarnacion, but Encarnacion might want more years than the Yankees are willing to give. I don't see Cespedes as going to the Yankees. The Yankees ain't going to give him five years, a hundred and something, because it's not what the Yankees are looking to do right now. Maybe Batista, because you could have Batista on like a two-year deal. That's a guy to be interested in, play some outfield, some DH, maybe even some third if you need him on a pinch, you know. Obviously, the Yankees cleared up some space by trading McCann, which is a good move for them because they don't need him with Gary Sanchez's emergence. So they got a couple of whatever B-level prospects, but they got rid of the salary. They paid, I think they paid, they get $33 million for two years left. I think they paid 11 of it or something like that. They paid $11 million. I think one of the prospects they got is okay. That's a potentially close hard. You know, I I think, the, I think what they're looking to do right now is short-term deal. I think I heard Beltran was really good with their young players last year. But it's interesting to see if they bring Beltran back. And I also heard that the Yankees are very interested in bringing Chapman back. So, obviously, Chapman's going to cost them a lot of money to bring him back. You know, you're talking about, you know, a guy who's saying he wants to be the first $100 million reliever now. I don't think he's getting that. But it's just what they're talking about. So, you know, we'll see We'll see what happens with Chapman, with the Yankees. It's going to be an interesting offseason. I mean, in a couple of weeks, you got the winter meetings coming. So you have, you know, a lot coming, a lot happening here. You know, with the winter meetings on the horizon, we'll be doing a winter meeting special, by the way. I'm working on doing a special on one of those days during the week for the winter meetings. Probably the, the last day so we can do a recap, a winter meetings recap maybe. Or like, if the, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm working on that. You know, keep an ear out for that. I'll post some stuff, you know, exact date I'm going to do. But I'm looking maybe do an hour show during the week one night just to, during the winter meetings, like live, trying to, you know, maybe get some live trade updates, maybe hopefully get somebody on from MLB who could give us some rumors and stuff, which would be cool. So try to work on something for that. You know, I'll keep everybody posted on that. Um, next week on the show, we're going to have uh, Ron Dixon is going to be coming back on the show. He was on last week for the Giants. But his app launches next Thanksgiving, so he's going to come back. He's on Thanksgiving, so he's going to come on next Saturday and talk more about the app that we talked about last week, the sports app that he has coming out on firefan.com. Use the code NY86, and you're on Ron Dixon's team, and you enter the contest to go on the sidelines with him for the Giant Dallas game December 11th. So definitely something uh, to go for. <laughs> Plus, it's a great app. You get to interactive, you know, fun with the family. You don't have to be a big sports guy, even to or sports woman or guy to get into it. To just go on, you can pick anything. I mean, in the middle of a football game, third and eight, you can predict that they're going to make it. I mean, that's how interactive and real time it is. So it'll be really cool. I, I would give it a shot. Like, again, firefan.com, code NY86. You're automatically on Ron Dixon's team. He's trying to get as many people as possible. And there's going to be a lot of gifts, awards, so, you know, a lot of giveaways. So it's definitely something to look into for, for sports fans. And it's not like fantasy sports, so it's a little different. So definitely uh, give it a try. You sign up with that code. You also get some free tokens to play with. So definitely give it a shot and pre-register with firefan.com, code NY86. I'm going to hit the phone lines again when I'm in. Hello. 
Good morning, Padman. Good morning, Mr. Mojo. I tell you, <clears throat> I've been listening to you for the last uh, 15 minutes or so, and, and yeah. you know, I'm pretty impressed with your, uh, not, not only your sports knowledge, but, but really your, your dedication to your craft. Um, um, for those Thank that don't you. know, Mojo's away, and, uh, you know, that's why uh, there's a bit of a time change there. And and we did it once or twice or three times over the last I think it's nine months now, um, and, yeah. and it's really impressive, you know. It really is uh, uh, that that you still, you know, you and, and your family, you know, um, are able to to kind of shift things around and still, you know, give you know give your time and your energy and your uh, your, your your sports IQ to uh, to, to you know. Dedicate craft of broadcasting. It really is nice because I, I, you know, I don't know about everybody else, but I, I, I look forward to it every Saturday to, to kind of listen in and, you know, obviously have my two cents also. So hats off to you, fantastic. Thank you, I appreciate that. And you're a big part so, of the show as well, so thank you. Well, that, well <laughs> thank you to you. So I, I know you had a little thing about Festivus and, and all of that a little bit earlier, but. but and I know you, you, you know, we've spoken before, and you, you don't really think the Mets have a tremendous shot here. But if you were to put odds on it, what would be your odds of his shot? And the reason I say this, for anybody who's thinking, and, and, and you probably heard me and, and, and Mojo and, and the Met Roundtable, I mean, really, and, and, and maybe we're wrong thinking of this, but we feel, at least most of us do, that the, the Mets season, the 2017 season, is really hinged on this one guy. You know, I don't know if that's completely true or not um, because we got a lot of pieces coming back and they might be healthy or might not be healthy or whatever, but but at least in our mind, um, that's what we think, right? Or at least most of us think, and I definitively do. So, Mr. Mojo, what are the odds that he ends up being on a New York Mets for a, you know, for, for, for a long-term deal or a semi-long-term deal? But I may shock you with this one now. But I'm going to say, I'm going to say 60, 40, or 70 to 30 that he stays now. How's that? Wow. Now, wow. now what gives you, that, what gives you that, that thought process? I just think it, the need is so great. He wants to be here. The team wants him. He's such a big part of the team in the clubhouse. The fan, the whole fan base wants him. I just can't see, unless somebody comes and offers him like a seven-year, $150 million deal, because that, if that happens, he's gone, obviously. But if nobody well, offers him a deal like that, and I don't think they have, because here we are, you know, you don't hear him getting big offers yet. I know it's, it's, it's a process that drags out and stuff, but it ain't like you hear Cespedes has got this offer on the table from this team. So it's it's it's, being, it's a slow playing right now. So when it's slow playing, now listen, it's not to say somebody ain't going to come to the table and blow them away, you know. But I just think the way the Mets, I, I think eventually the Mets know they need to get this done, and it's going to be too much of egg in the face. Now listen, the more there'll be more pressure on them to give him more money, like like we were talking about the Nationals coming and offer him a big deal, because then the pressure rises on the Mets. You know, you cannot let him go to the Nationals. You just can't. On any on any on any circumstance, he can't go to the Nationals. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm shocked. I'm shocked. 
I'm completely shocked by your percentages because, you know, anybody listening to the show, I mean, you, you basically, you know, I would think that that percentage would have been flipped, um, 60, 70% chance that he's not with the Mets. But I, I tend to agree with you. I think there's two factors here. And, and I think you hit on them, and, and I'm, uh, you know, sorry if I'm repetitive, but the number one factor is the repetitiveness of it, right? I mean, it, it, you know, almost the same thing as last year where, you know, teams that are in our division um, are poking around, and that definitively gives the Mets a little motivation to put more money on the table. Number two, the fan base really likes him, and I think he puts, you know, not only likes him, I think they'll pay to see him. So people come to see this guy perform. And and the fact that number three is, um, which to me is the most important fact, but I don't think it's the most important fact, fact to the Wilpons, but but I think it's the most important fact to us. He's the, the, the most dynamic impact offensive player that I've ever seen since Piazza. And might, might even be actually better than Piazza just for the fact, and I'm a huge Piazza fan, is that he, he has the potential to pay, play more games than a catcher. So, so hence a little more impact. So, you know, I think the, the, the thing is, the factors, difference so. is, well, to me, the difference with him, listen, he's definitely the best bat since Diaz. There's no debate. There really is. There's no debate about it. Most electrifying bat they've had. He might be the most pulverizing figure since Strawberry that they had. You know, like, you know, Piazza was a great, obviously, a Hall of Fame player, but he wasn't that pulverizing figure, you know, that people, that he, he, he just brings that certain thing to him, with him, where, like, Strawberry had, that's kind of what Cespedes has, and, you know, I just think there's no way they can let him walk. I, I, I just, you know, my, to be honest with you, my biggest worry right now ain't even the Nationals. It's actually the Giants. Because I hear the Giants like him a lot, and the Giants are a team that'll spend Giants are a team that'll give a five six year deal out. And and the, and the Giants need offense. I mean, they, they, there's a big need for them too. But but I also think the fourth factor is, and I was I was kind of waiting to, uh, to to really reveal it. Not that it's a big reveal; everybody knows this. But I think it is a big factor. I think he really wants to be here. I really believe. Oh, I, I agree that he really wants to be here, and you know. You could say money, and he's money-grubbing and all these things. Last year, he really took sort of a discounting years-wise to be with the Mets. I know a lot of people... Well, he bet on himself. He bet on himself last year. You know, he bet on himself. He did. He bet on himself with the Mets. With the Mets. Yeah. And he was very vocal in saying he wanted to be here. You know, so so, so I think... Well, that's why I've been telling you, Stevie, that you know, the Mets should have gave him the five-year deal last year because now they would only have him for four years, and that's what they well, would give well, him you, four years. You are absolutely positively right, but that, that also could have been a factor of him, too. Maybe, maybe they tried to maybe lowball him but give him four years, and he said, no, I'd rather do this. I mean, who knows, right? I don't I don't know. I mean, the bottom line is I, I, I'm with you. I, I actually think he's going to be on the Mets, but I have a little bit of a fear factor. Um, and you probably have the same way that that I hope they don't think when they get him that they're just going to stand pat. Because really, to be a championship club, which we're looking for, right? We had a little taste of that World Series um, two years ago, and it was fantastic. And we think we have, you know, the, the payroll uh, non-constraints with all these these young guys that are really not getting paid a lot of money, 
that we can go for it in the next two years. I hope the organization does, right? I mean, I'm, I'm 45 years old. I've seen one championship. I missed the other one by a couple of years. And, and the one in 86 really should have been extended a little bit. We were only competitive at that time for like two, three years surrounding that 86 team. And it should have been, you know, with the age of those plays, it should have been a five, six, seven-year run. And, and I'm not saying it could be, but we're waiting a very, very long time for this. And, you know, and, and, you know and, and, and if they lose these pitchers and everything starts going south and disintegrate, we might be looking at another 10, 15 years before we're super competitive. I mean, we might stay in the middle of the road. We might be in second and third place. We might have a little bit to cheer for in September, unlike, you know, before, you know, before two years ago, five years ago, we were in, in utter chaos for, for, for a long time. I mean, but to really have a championship team, a team that comes into spring training and, and in August and we say, wow, this team has all the pieces, you know, whether it works out or not. You know, we might not have that in 15, 15 20 years. We might be old men by the time this happens again. Oh, of course. No, it's a win-now situation. Listen, they got to sign Cespedes. They got to go get a catcher, and they got to go get throw up the bullpen. Those are the moves to make right now, the immediate moves. Keep Cespedes, get a catcher, and shore up the bullpen. Really, that's what I want to see happen here. Well, if they don't shore up the catcher position, because I don't think they will. I think for some reason, and, and it could well, be it looks fact like they have no. I'm sorry, I don't know. If, I'm sorry, Stevie. I don't know if you heard me before, but I, it looks like they're re, they're going to release Rene Rivera. So well, I know. But you go. So remember, he's, last year. he's a good player, but he's also he's a steady Eddie. And I think you could get a, a guy journeyman. like that. He's a journeyman. You, well, you, 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 you could get, get a guy like that in other places. But my um, point is the reason it makes no sense is because Darno was so terrible and Rivera is not making any money. You have a guy not making money. Why would you get rid of him? That's usually the mess that most keep a guy who's not making money. You know, unless they really think that he was a fluke and he would come in next year and bomb out. Now, before you go on about that, I just got one other comment. That you know we said before about Cespedes and Piazza. The difference with Cespedes and Piazza, obviously, is Piazza was really, really turned it on in the postseason. Cespedes hasn't yet in the postseason. Now Cespedes has been great in the regular season, but Cespedes hasn't been great in the postseason. He hasn't in two years. Well, but you still no, need, no, you still I, need I, to get to the postseason. That's the thing. Well, Piazza, when Piazza came up in a big spot. You always felt good. You always felt like Piazza was going to get that hit, you know, when they needed it. Um, well, you know what, though? I, I, I have to say, and it hurts me to say, I think when Piazza played for us in that, you know, 99, 2000, 2001, where we were sort of competitive, um, um, Piazza had pieces around him to help him. I don't think offensively. I don't think Cespedes has that, to tell you the truth. I think Listen, he has more impact. Well, the best lineup ain't that bad, though. It's really not. I mean, they could, they're still, you know, they, listen, they're not great, but they're not. it's not a terrible lineup. You know what I mean? It's yeah, not like, you, you know, remove, they don't have any hitting. Look, if you remove Cespedes from the lineup, I think it becomes a bad lineup. When you removed Piazza years ago, we still had an expectation to win. That's the difference. Uh, let me ask you a question. So let's just say let's just say Cespedes leaves, right? 
and they don't get another big addition. You know, maybe they had some minor additions, like a utility, first baseman, outfielder, right-handed bat, whatever. And, so, and, and, so, they, and, they, and they shore up the bullpen. They go get, like, a nice big relief pitcher. Do you still think this team like, could contend for a playoff spot? So, so you're saying they get Cespedes and they get a relief pitcher? No, no. Cespedes leaves. And let's say the Mets get, like, a big – I'm just right, – hypothetically, the Mets get, like, a Melanson or even a Chapman, I'm just saying. So if they get, okay. like, one of those type of guys, but they let – but Cespedes leaves, and then they go sign, like, a utility – a utility guy to play out like a Steven P.S. to play outfield first base. Are, are you saying – are you, are, is our assumption that, that Jarvis Vanilli is going to come back and pitch also? Well, assumption is that he's probably going to get suspended for at least a month. But, yeah, but more okay. or less but, he'll be there for most of the year. He'll, he'll be there for the, most well, of the year. Well, yeah. well then, I think, then I think all the pressure, uh, you know, drops onto the, onto the starting rotation. Um, if they I agree. Hundred percent. If they if, if they stay healthy, I think we can stay relevant. Um, I don't think that 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 we can win it all without any offensive pieces. But but I do think we can stay relevant. You know, because of the pitching. You know, and and, and relevant. I mean, relevant. I mean, it's like anything else. If we're within five six games in the Nationals, we'll still be watching the games. We'll still be cheering. We'll still think that that we could be successful. So. You know, relevant. I mean, I, I don't think we'll be leading the division. Um, I don't think we'll have even a shot at, at at beating the Nationals. I don't think we'll have a shot at getting out of the National League. Um, you know, j- just my prediction. You need some. Remember, it's not what Cespedes. It's not what Cespedes or Cespedes like hitter actually does himself all the time. It's the impact he has on the other players. I really oh, I agree. That. You know, I, I've seen it my whole life in, 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 in baseball when I played. When, you know, it just it makes the pitcher work that much harder when that person's up and the person after him or the person before him, you know, doesn't get that type of, type of intensity because as human beings you can't just be that intensive, intense all the time and, and they have a better chance um, to be productive. I mean, we've seen it with Daniel Murphy this year. Right, not that Bryce Harper had a great year, but he still was Bryce Harper, and I think Daniel Murphy, although a great hitter and he had a fantastic season, I think he should have won MVP. Um, uh, you know he, you know he, he changed the way people pitched to Murphy and being contact hitter, uh, you know, and he and he drove the ball real well this year. He he definitely helped him be very successful. Remember two years ago, remember how bad they were before they got Cespedes? I mean, we were watching guys that were, were bagging groceries were in the lineup. I mean, so, you know, we definitely don't want to go back to that. And I think, you know, another big fact, obviously, is right. Like, what are they doing with right? Like, is he going to get, you know, are they hoping he plays half the season? Are they going to, like, play him twice, two, three times a week? I mean, obviously, you can't play him every day. You know, it well, looks like Reyes think, is going to be a super sub. It looks like Reyes is going to be playing everywhere. I think I think Wright is going to be an experiment, just like it was last year. You know, the thought process is he's going to play three days a week, four days a week, and and you know, and, and that's it. I think I think, you know, he he might not have the same injuries, but but I think he's going to have some other injury. You know, first of all, at his age, when a player is healthy, they tend to get injured. I mean, that's just the reality of it, right? A guy with, you know, 
neck problems and back problems and all kinds of things. And a third base where you're going to leave your feet a little bit. And, you know, it's, it's you know, you have to do a lot of um, a rotational movements with your hips. You know, receiving the ball, throw from the outfield or throw from second base or, or grabbing a ball on a, on a slow hit ground ball and barehanding it like he does well. And, you know, you know, actually contort your body and, 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 and fire at the first base. There's a lot of pressure on the areas where the guy's not, you know, has issues. Um, so, so I don't, I don't know if I'm going to predict it, but I mean, I, once again, I don't think he's going to, he's going to, you know, play a good portion of the season. And even when he does, I don't think he's going to be that productive. He's going to be at best a base hit hitter once in a blue moon, the double. I mean, he's not the guy that that we're paying twenty five million a year to the production we want to get. It's really not, not even close. I agree. Now, I, I, now, 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 listen. I don't think he's just going to be a single hitter for the rest of his life. But you know, I think he could still listen. The problem is he's still he's not an old man. He's only thirty two years old. You know, that's the problem. Like you know, but the problem the Mets are in because obviously, listen. The Mets could spin it any way you want. The Mets probably wish he would retire. If they retired, that money could go right to Sessions, and, and it wouldn't even be an issue for them. You know, I think for them, the problem as a Mets fan and, and, and for the Mets in general is the Mets won't give out multiple contracts like this. Now, you gave Wright well, an eight-year deal. You gave Wright an eight-year deal because, you know, he's a lifetime Met, and he's a great clubhouse guy, and blah, blah, blah. And he was a great player when he was healthy, but... You can't justify to me that you can't just turn around and give Cespedes as a five-year deal. I mean, Cespedes, Wright's never been as good as Cespedes, never in his career. He's been as good as hitter as Cespedes. No, 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 but you know, he's yeah. an all-star. But, but I, I still, you know, look, the bottom line is, um, you know, they are paying him a lot of money for no production over the past three years. You know, they, no, I agree. Listen, they get $20 I mean, million I mean, a year. And, 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 and you know what? And, and, and you know what? You know they're paying him and Cespedes last year combined. What what, what are they paying him? Uh, um, uh, seventy million. I mean, it's uh, sixty million. It's it's a lot of money to two players and one that doesn't play. It really is for any organization. You know, so look, uh, um, you know they 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 went right and and they signed Cespedes last year. Although we we, we might not have thought they did. I, I I hope you're right about this year. And then we'll see. I just hope they don't stop there. You know, I, I think if he signs you know me, and, you know me, Stevie. My mind changes daily. I can come into work Monday and tell you that he's gonna. It's twenty percent. He's staying. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, you also read a lot more things than me. Kind of stay, stay. You know, eat at the ground. But you know, I, 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 I kind of look at more mainstream media. So or at you. So you know, you're, you're, you're kind of my, my update outlet. But. You know, look, if he comes, you know, we will have a very competitive team team next year. But I think to to really get to where we want to be, um, we're going to have to go out and hit other pieces. You know, we really do. We cannot stay status quo. It, it will not get us to the promised land. It's not exactly where we want to be. Um, you know, but but if we get him and do nothing else with the starting pitching, we will be competitive and it will be something to watch next year, no doubt about it. It'd be fun to be a Mets fan, like it was for the past listen, three seasons. Listen, my wish list is Cespedes, Matt Weeders, and a, and a viable relief pitcher. I'm not even saying Chapman or somebody like that. Just somebody good, like a good 
proven relief pitcher. If they added those three players, the Mets, in my mind, are big-time contenders next year. Now, now that would be that would be fantastic. You know, that, and and that's really what we're looking for as Mets fans. I'm a realistic Mets fan. I want to have something to cheer for in April through September, and hopefully, um, you know, into October months. That's really, really what I want. Last year, I felt we could have went further, but given the circumstances, you know, you can't say it was a failed season. You could say they came up short. You know, and and given the other teams um, that were in the playoffs, how how far were we would have went anyway? You know, I don't know. I mean, yeah. teams have, have done it, but but really, if you go man for man, I mean, we weren't comparing to the Cubs and the and 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 uh, and, and even even the Nationals. We, we really weren't, you know. Um, so you know, in the Indians, I, mean, I don't know. Now, now, if they didn't get Cespedes, who's your who's your top pick that we're going to end up with? Because I think they, I don't think they're not going to get Cespedes and not get anybody. I think they're going to get some I think, power if, I think if we lose Cespedes, there's a good chance we get Jose Batista on like a two-year deal. I, I would say is Jose he, Batista would be the replacement. Is he that much of an Cespedes. impact player? Is he that much of oh, an no, impact player? Batista, listen, Batista's a great power. The only, my issue with Batista is he's 36. So if you're going to, and he's been hurt the last couple of years. But listen, the guy can hit 40 home runs, and he's a proven postseason player. He's hitting in clutch in the postseason. He has. He's proven it two years in a row with Toronto. Uh, the, 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 the also thing we didn't talk about, and, and we could hit on just a little bit. We, if you look at um, Bruce uh, Jay Bruce's numbers, um, and, and forget about what he did as a Met, his numbers were phenomenal. Phenomenal. Last year, if he could, if he could recapture eighty-five percent of those numbers in the lineup with Cespedes and all our other pieces, I think he could really, um, you know, positively impact our lineup. I mean, he's not the guy, but you have to say if they get Cespedes and, you, and they keep Jay Bruce coming into this year, we have a better offense than we did last year. Yeah, no, listen, I agree with you, but I don't think there's any chance. If we keep Cespedes, I don't think there's any shot that Bruce is on the team this year. The Mets, the Mets are clearly going to unload Bruce or Granderson, and it looks like it's going to be Bruce if they keep Cespedes. It's clear as day. Now, now, now why? Because I'd rather keep Bruce. I think, I think Granderson does have intangibles. Granderson does play good, you know, when when the game's on the line. But he really had a, you know, he had 30 home runs and he hit 230. He really didn't have a lot of RBIs. I mean. And he's, he's this year coming up, he's making more money than Bruce. But Bruce, Bruce, one, Bruce will fetch them more in a deal. And two, they, you know, after what happened with Bruce last year, the Mets might be scared that it could happen again this year. So who would, who would you, you know, keep straight up? Who would you keep? I would keep Bruce, but I kind of understand that they would keep uh, Randerson just because how good he is in the clubhouse. Granderson could also play some center field. So I, I could definitely see that happening. I, I could see uh, – You know what it I is? I could see Bruce – like, Listen, what I said before, what I said before is a viable rumor. I mean, why not? Why not Jay Bruce to Toronto for Russell Martin? Toronto needs – Toronto wants Bruce. They've been asking us for Bruce. We need a catcher, right-handed bat, coming off, of, you know, so coming off an off year, Russell Martin, but he's a good, proven catcher. You know, he can hit okay. He's a great defensive player. Why not 
make that that's that's a move that makes sense for both teams. They both have one year left on their deal. That's a deal that makes sense for both teams in my mind. I wouldn't mind. I just think you know, if we had Martin, keep sensitive, they had Russell Martin and then they had a relief pitcher or two. You know, now we're talking about a, a, a solid team here, a team that could contend. You know? Well well look, I think with with um, Granderson it's like the Taylor two you know the 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 tale of two seasons, you know, he could be really bad or he could be really good. And the year before, I think he was really bad, really good. But when he was good, he was fantastic and he carried us. I think last year, when he was good, he was productive. But it doesn't outweigh three three and a half months that he was awful. I just don't think so. You know, he's not a natural center fielder. So you know, I know he plays there, and I think it's hats off to him because he's a great club clubhouse. And once again, I, I read a little bit about him and know a little bit about him. He's a fantastic human being. But as a baseball player, he's just really not, um, you know, what we need, a high strikeout guy, high home run guy, you know, with, no, with, with, with a very low uh, you know, RBI percentage. Um, he's just not the guy I'm looking for, you know, if, if, I, if I had to choose. He's just not. Yeah, I think they're meant to look at it other factors, like you said, like locker room presence, you know, intangibles, stuff like that out of him. I just well, think, I also I just I just think Bruce is the guy that's gonna get dealt if they deal somebody. Because listen, even if Cespedes leaves, you have to make a trade. You can't go into the season with Bruce Granderson and Conforto. You can't go in with three lefty outfielders, you just can't. You have to get a right well, that's why I think if he leaves well, Batista is, is a really good chance. Unless they go and make a trade for a McCutcheon. But I don't see the Mets doing that. So I see more, I, you know, a short-term fix if he leaves. Well, my hope is they could do something creative, keep Cespedes, and then and do trade somebody for another offensive piece. The the, the funny thing too is, and, and I'll, I'll hit on it really quick before I jump. But we always, as as fans and students of the game, really look at the numbers, right? We look at we're like statisticians. We look at what they did against lefties, righties, WAR percentage. How, how many strikeouts they had, you know, what they do in the field defensively or whatever. But the funny thing is, when we talk about the, the, the word clubhouse, clubhouse presence or impact on clubhouse, and I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't think I put a lot of credence in it, but maybe we're wrong. Maybe, maybe a player that, that really keeps the team calm or a player that really is a positive influence in the clubhouse and keeps everybody loose or or, or give some tutelage to the young players. Maybe it's a tremendous impact. We just know, don't see that side of baseball, right? It's a long season. It's not a rah-rah sport. It's a very cerebral sport um, uh, that, that, that takes uh, a tremendous amount of hand-eye coordination. Maybe that kind of stuff is worth money, is worth, you know, is worth keeping a player around, and maybe Grandison's one of them, right? And maybe that's a factor in the Cessna's deal, too, because, I heard he's very good in the clubhouse, right? I don't know. I don't know. You can't quantify it because we're numbers people just because that's who we are as as human beings. That's who we are as, as fans because it's tangible stuff we could talk about, we could argue over, we could bet on, right? But but maybe the locker room presence is, 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 is a good thing. Look, I mean, you've been watching sports for a long time. Has a team that had a had a had a – uh, that that has a r- rumor or, or talk about it that it was a bad clubhouse presence, not a positive clubhouse presence, go very far. 
I don't remember the last one. Like, yeah, you, you know. Kings that, have you heard any team that had a problem in the clubhouse, a problem in the locker room, go very far? I I, I don't remember the last time I, I heard that. Now, now, I also think winning has a factor there, right? When you win, everybody's happy. But Exactly, exactly. I don't know. What's your, what's I don't your know. thought on We're this? Gonna, yeah, you know, I, I listen, I think it's definitely something, if you have the right clubhouse guys that could keep the team together when they're going through rough times. Listen, what happened in Chicago, we've talked about how bad Jason Haywood's contract is, but supposedly in that game seven of the World Series when that rain delay happened, and the Cubs, you know, the Indians just scored three runs to tie the game, and the Cubs were, you know, the Cubs were reeling, and going, you know, and the rain starts in the ninth inning. Supposedly, Haywood was the guy who brought the team and the clubhouse together and calmed everybody down and gave a speech. And then they came out and they scored a couple of, you know, the runs to win the game the next inning. So, you know what? And, and, you know, and, and that's and, and that's a fantastic point. Here's the and, and here's the point. You know, he he makes enormous amount of money. You know, for that one speech, for that one moment in time, was he worth that money? I think if you ask Cub fans, they'd say absolutely. Right. Yeah, well, for 108 years without a World Series, you gotta you gotta say it was without a doubt. You know? So, so, so once again, maybe the clubhouse guy, maybe he he wasn't an impact player for the whole season, but with that one moment in time, you know, with 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 what what he said and and what he made people feel, you know, he he helped. I don't well, know. We'll see. I mean, listen, it's going to be an interesting few weeks. The winter meetings is in a couple of weeks, so things are really going to heat up. And like I said before, I'm going to have a winter meeting special when the time comes. Yeah, so maybe I, you I come on. That. So, you know, maybe you can come on very, during that. You know, I'm and, very uh, interested you know, we'll, in that, and I'd like to speak. I mean, we, we, we basically uh, are very centric, at least when I'm on here, about the Mets, but, but I think that's maybe a time where we could expand a little bit and talk. You know a little bit about the whole league. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm more the whole league. I'm, I, I, yeah. I'm more of a National League guy, as you know. But but I'm open and I'll listen to the American League uh, uh, talk as well and add my two cents. No no doubt about it. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. It'll Look, Mister Mojo, talk about all baseball. Absolutely. Look, I'm gonna hop. Have a wonderful time. All right. Thanks for calling in, as always. Um, have. Have a great uh, trip back. Say hello to Petey. I, I love his segment. I'll be, I have to hop out, but I'll be in my car, so I'll be listening. This is a rare time. I'm actually not running around. I'm, I'm sitting down in my basement speaking to you, but I, but I have to run out now. So, the early, the early um, time works for you. The, the early start today works for you better. Well, right? but I think, I think both, I don't, look, um, I'm a pretty consistent caller. I don't, I don't care when it is, you know, necessarily. Uh, I, I do like um, an earlier time because it's a kind of nice day to start your, you know, it's kind of nice way to start my day, right? I, it's like having a cup of coffee with Mojo, which is exactly what I'm done doing. I mean, how 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 nice is that, right? Um, That's and, and I get sitting, I, I get sitting actually having focused. A cup, having and, a cup, having a cup of a cup of Mojo with Mojo in the morning, you know. Exactly. How how nice <laughs> is that, right? A, cu- a cup of Joe with Mojo. So. You know, you know, it's a fantastic way to start off my day, and and, and like I said, I'll be running around and and, and uh, you know, service permitting, I'll be I'll be listening because I think it's a a fantastic show, and I'm really happy about all your success. And I can't believe it's show 41. Holy moly! Oh my! Crazy, I, right? I, I, 41 shows, man. Who would have thought last January when you tapped me on the shoulder and said you're going to be doing this that we'd still be talking? 
at the following winter meetings. I mean, really. Incredible. Hats Crazy, off. right? The dedication and the, the type of show and your 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 uh, your, your definitive uh, you know brand of uh, of uh, of bringing people together to talk about sports. It's nothing new, but you, you definitely have a an eye for it, an ear for it, you know, and 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 it's a unique way you bring it bring it about. So, fantastic, my man. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Have a great time. You too. Enjoy your day, man. You too. Bye-bye. Padman. Padman calling in from Jersey. Always a great call. Covering a lot of stuff. And, uh, you know, just going through stuff. You know, obviously baseball is a big baseball. You know, we always talk Mets and, uh, you know, we always, we talk other stuff too, but a lot of baseball with the Padman. And, uh, you know, take a chance. We'll see what happens over the next few weeks. It's going to be uh, very interesting the next couple of weeks. So, well, you know, with the meetings coming, there'll be a lot of baseball in the, in the weeks to follow, you know, weeks to come on this show, without a doubt. All right, I'm going to take a quick commercial break here, and then when I come back, we have PDD coming on in five minutes. But I'm also, before I, PDD comes on, I am going to touch on this whole Phil Jackson, LeBron James thing from this past week. So when I come back, we're going to talk about that and then get into some NFL with PDD. Be right back. For $5 today, you can buy a wealth of things. Gas for your car, rent a movie for the family, a few slices of pizza. $5 still takes you a long ways. But did you know that $5 can buy your child a bag of heroin on the streets? That's right. For only $5, your son or daughter can buy some of the cheapest and purest dope in the country. Be aware of the lies. Be aware of the stealing. Be aware that's all it takes to kill your child. $5. This message was brought to you by Casey's Cause, a group of parents located in southern Chester County out to save your child's life. Come join us today at www.caseyscause.com. And remember, $5 is all it takes. Casey's Cause, www.caseyscause.com. Looking for that perfect gift for your girlfriend? Then look no further than Teddy Scares. Teddy Scares are available in a variety of styles, sizes, and prices for all your shopping needs. Teddy Scares are a mix of cute and creepy to make a great gift for almost any age. Board up your windows, lock your doors, and log on to teddyscares.com. And be sure to become our friends at facebook.com slash teddyscares. Calling all comic book fans. Do you collect comics? Did you ever collect comics? Do you think your children might like reading comic books? Do you even know they still print real, paper, non-digital comic books? Well, then visit the Pirates of Ontario Street Comics in Philadelphia. We have a massive collection of comic books, action figures, trading cards, and much more. We have one of the largest stocks of back-issue comics in the area. We bag and board every new comic book at no extra charge. Our stores voted the best comic book shop in the 2013 PHL 17 Hot List Contest. Part of the movie Unbreakable filmed in our store. We are open seven days a week. Ontario Street Comics is located at 2235 East Ontario Street in the Port Richmond section of Philly. Our phone number is 215-288-7338. Type in the words Ontario Comics Philadelphia to check out our Wacky Stories page on Facebook. 
Are you looking for a mortgage for that new home? Do you want to refinance to a lower rate, obtain cash out, or consolidation? If so, call Anthony Muscarella of Advisors Mortgage Group. Advisors Mortgage Group is a mortgage banker and loan our own money to first lien mortgage loans. We have built a platform for a seamless and stress-free mortgage process, which remains our number one goal for all of our customers. We understand that success cannot be obtained without teamwork and communication, two of our most important strengths. If you're looking to apply for a loan or simply have some questions, please don't hesitate to give Anthony Muscarella a call at 732-749-3333, extension 12, who, by the way, has been recognized by Mortgage Executive Magazine as being one of the top 1% of originators in America. That number again, call Anthony Muscarella at 732-749-3333, extension 12, where we tailor our loans to meet your needs. Advisors Mortgage Group is an equal housing opportunity lender licensed by the New Jersey Department of Banking and Insurance, branch NMLS number 173453. Loan officer NMLS number 111400. Welcome back to the Mojo Sports Show. The early start today. I'm, in, I'm on vacation in Maryland today, so working out of the hotel room today, so it's uh you know it's great just to be on eight you know we're doing an early show to ten thirty today as uh and uh you know next week I'll be back in my normal ten to one slot next weekend Thanksgiving weekend and uh you know next week like I said we're gonna have Ron Dixon back on hopefully I, I've been keeping in touch with him so he may come on next week and talk about his app launching on Thanksgiving it looks like he is gonna come on so. And uh, may have my man Colleen Taylor on as well next week. I'll keep everybody posted on my page about that. He's going to be on either next week or the week after, but we're working on next weekend with Colleen Taylor to come on again as well, talk some NFL. So that'll be good. And uh, so we're going to get into the NFL in a couple of minutes. I just wanted to talk quick about this whole Phil Jackson thing. So basically, Phil Jackson, you know, LeBron James has lost all respect for Phil Jackson because Phil Jackson, in a recent interview with ESPN, called LeBron, said LeBron needs special treatment. He needs to be caught, you know, Cleveland. When he was in Miami, he, he would uh, he would go, like, the, after a game in Cleveland, they played Cleveland, he, he wouldn't fly back with his teammates. He would stay in Cleveland all the night and fly back the next day. You know, Riley would say something, like, Spolstra would text Riley and say, what do I do in this situation? And Pat, who has iron fist rules, answers, you're on the plane, you're with this team. You can't hold up the whole team because you and your mom and your posse want to spend an extra night in Cleveland. So he said something like that. And supposedly now Phil Jackson referred to them as a posse, and LeBron James now is taking it out on Phil Jackson. Now listen, Phil Jackson shouldn't have used that word, but is posse really that offensive? I mean, I guess you could say, yeah, uh, but honestly, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think LeBron should have just let it roll off his shoulder personally. But how it is, everybody's got to make something big. So my bigger issue with this now, obviously LeBron should just move, should have moved on. He shouldn't have let it bother him. Phil Jackson does say stupid things. You know, you know, the guy thinks he's like an immoral god sometimes. And he listen, you won championships, he is, but he's done nothing with the Knicks. I mean, but you know, he he, he sits up there and he just talks like you know. But then you know, when he said the word posse, really to me. Is it really that big of a deal? I mean, you know, is it really that, you know, is it, would you call that racist? Because I wouldn't. I really wouldn't. I'd refer to 
posses in many different ways, white people, black people, to me it don't matter. A posse is when the group of people, you're referring it to a group of friends, a posse. You can refer to it. I know now they're all like businessmen. They want to be called like businessmen uh, and this and that. Honestly, I don't think it was that as big of a deal as they're making it out to be, but LeBron obviously has a big de- made a big deal about it. And, you know, whatever his issues are. But now Carmelo Anthony is defending LeBron, going against his own chance. I mean, now that's messy. LeBron, uh, Carmelo Anthony should have said nothing. Like, I, why would you come out and say something, you know, like, well, I do agree with LeBron, you know, call out friends' posses, it is offensive. But I don't think Phil Jackson meant anything bad by it. No. So if you're saying it's offensive, Carmelo, then you do mean Phil Jackson said something bad. Don't say, don't go both ways on it because you can't. You can't say, well, it's offensive, but Phil Jackson wasn't meaning to be offensive. No. You're just saying that because if Phil Jackson wasn't your GM, you'd probably be tearing him apart right now. So the Knicks need to trade Carmelo Anthony. Committee, that's that's their way to a full rebuild. You got to trade this guy. And after this, I'm Phil Jackson. I don't want him near my team. After that, if he turns against your GM to to really defend LeBron, these guys are too friendly in the NBA today. It's too, it's not like it was when I was a kid, where these guys all wanted to beat each other and they were compete. They're all friends. I mean, there's they're, they're, not that competitive fire among around the league that it used to be. It's just not. Yeah, a lot of guys want to win. LeBron wants to win. You know, but it's not as much. It's the fire is not as what it used to be in the NBA. It's really not. And you know, I just want to touch on this because, you know, just with Phil Jackson, you know, Riley is a guy who always helped. You know, you know, ruled by an iron fist. So it's surprising that that would happen in Miami. Spolster, I can see LeBron, you know, taking advantage of, but you no. Know, Phil Jackson still should have kept the Riley comments to himself because maybe Riley's talked to Phil in, in confidence, you know, on that. So, I don't know. It's just weird how it all went down. But, you know, I know James' business associate, Maverick Carter, he took, initially took issue with Jackson's statement. He felt compelled to respond in the recent debate around coded language. It's the word posse and the characterization I take offense to, Carter said. If he would have said LeBron and his agent, LeBron and his business partners, LeBron and his friends, that's one thing. Yeah, because you're young and black, he can use that word. We can, we, we're all grown men. You know, I, I just don't, I, I don't see how Posse's racist. I, maybe it's me. I don't know. I, I just don't see it. But I want to move on from it because I don't want to spend too much time on it, but I did just want to mention it. But I'm not going to actually ask Pete about it in a minute, but Pete's thoughts on before we get to football. But speaking of Pete, is I'm in. Time to play the game! Time to play the game! <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the game, and how you play it, all about your truth! Don't 
I'm usually up at like six o'clock in the morning, but for some reason I was up till like one thirty. I literally woke up at eight fifty-seven. Looked at oh <laughs> looked wow. At the... <laughs> <laughs> what well, a, you, you know. Appreciate you calling in. Oh no 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 not at all man. Want to wake up and watch uh? Want to wake up talk some football? Uh, I put I put on ESPN and they got to watch uh, ESPN College Game Day. And we get, we got some snow coming down there and down there in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Oh really? So we're gonna have a snow game today, nice. Oh no 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 no. We 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 play we play football indoors. It's in front of the um Kalamazoo's in the, is in uh where Detroit plays their games. So they they're playing indoors. We ain't gonna see no snow there. Oh okay okay. Yeah, but who knows? Yeah, which is that, is that Derek Jeter's hometown, Kalamazoo, Michigan. Ugh. Your boy. Ugh. <laughs> Mr. I need the Yankees more than the Yankees need me. Yeah. I know, bro. Mr. <laughs> I got a bat, the, the most selfish player in the world. I got a bat, I got a bat in the first inning every game of my career. Yeah. Real team player. Even when, even when I'm 40, even when he's hitting two twenty, even when he's hitting two twenty in the last two years of his career. Yeah, I got a bat two twenty. Yeah. Yeah, I got a bad second. <laughs> <laughs> oh, P, you're crazy. All right, so here we are. No, no, one more. If, if I played for the Pittsburgh Pirates, I would, be, I would, I would have been out of the league after five years. <laughs> on El Barro. I got Barro. You know, no, if he was on the Royals, he'd be on El Barro. No, no, a nice little player. You know, now that his career over, I can look at it and say, like, you know, he was Edgar Renteria, you know. Edgar Renteria played with the Yankees, you know. And had, had his desire had to play 25 too. years, he would have had 3,000 hits, too, you know. <laughs> get get 28,000 a batch, you know. You're going to get 3,000 hits, you know. It's eventually going to happen. It's 28,000 <laughs> <laughs> you know, we start the, we start the show for a little good, you know, a little comedy. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. That's it. Oh. So this is TDV, our NFL expert. We're talking. We're going to talk. Oh, you know why? Why I do the NFL? Before we talk football, I just want to ask you one question about the NBA. So I was just talking about the whole Phil Jackson LeBron thing. What's your take on that? I mean, that's just stupid, right? I mean. I mean, Phil, Phil, Phil usually is calculated and whatever he says. Well, he, he there's a reason to use that word. I don't, need, you know, only Phil knows. I mean, I know Phil's not a racist. He's I mean, he's basically a hippie lefty liberal. I mean, 
So I mean, you, we know he's not racist. I mean, he probably, you know, he probably uh, condemned half the world for being racist, but we know he's not a racist. But uh, no, you know, it's, I don't know why he, why he would say something like that. And I know there's a reason. Maybe he wanted to. Maybe he's smart enough to know that, uh, you know, that he, you know, he shake up Carmelo Anthony because that because Carmelo and LeBron are tight. I don't know. I don't know why. You know. Maybe he's trying to cause something with Carmelo so he so he has an excuse to trade him. Well, that uh, well, that could be it. Could be it. I just don't think the word posse is that big of a deal. <laughs> I just don't. I don't know. Well, he should have used the word entourage. You know what? We're much too. You know, the media and you know, and people in general, you know, are much too sensitive this these days. You know, yeah, that is true, and everything is so publicized in social media now that every little thing matters, right? Yeah. So. I mean, I think All if right, you, so I think I was listening to Francesca too, and I, I mean, they were talking. Lucky me, they were talking about this, and he said that if you look up the word posse in the in the dictionary, it's it's you know, it has a little racial overtone to it, but uh. Yeah, you know Phil's not a. We know Phil's not a. Um, yeah, that's what I'm saying, and you know none of us. Oh, really, had, had, the protesters, uh, had the protesters of of uh, changed their tune and added to protesting in front of MSG. I don't know what's is that. Is that what's been happening? Yeah. Oh, Maybe they want Phil. Yeah, why, why aren't they calling for Phil Jackson's job now? The protesters, because he's a liberal. That's why they're not calling for his job. Right? I mean, that's really... That's I don't good. know, you know what? You know. It's you crazy. Know, but whatever, we'll move on from that. We won't We won't waste too much time on that. I just don't think... To me, if I was referring to posse, I would refer to it no matter what color you are. The black, white, the red, that's the posse, or that's the posse. <laughs> I, probably, I probably wouldn't have used the word posse myself. I'm just I would have used the word I don't think they need to turn this into a full-fledged racist issue, though. I mean, like you said, oh, Phil Jackson's not a racist play. I mean, he's in the NBA. He can't be racist. I mean, you know, he's been in the NBA for so long. It's stupid to even insinuate, you know. But whatever. No, I mean, sure, if we asked every one of the players he coached, uh, they would they would stick up for him. I know that. Yeah. And that's really all that Go ask Kobe, Shaq, Jordan, Pippen, or any of these guys if they think he's racist. I guarantee none of them say he is. Or even the Brian Shaw's of the world. You could ask those guys too. You know, those are probably you know the guys he's really coached most of it, most of most of the time. You yeah, know? He's, been, he's been around more, right, through his career and stuff. Yeah. But all right, so let's let's dive into the NFL. Let's let's, let's get into what really matters right now. That's the NFL, Week Eleven. So, you know, week 11, so we had the Carolina Santa Saint game the other night. And, uh, you know, listen, a couple of things from this game. Obviously, the Saints made a late run. You know, the Panthers got that big first down at the end. Nice to keep their drive going, obviously, and, and win the game. I think if the Saints get the ball back at the end of that game, they would have won that game, in my opinion. But Keekley's injury was scary. Seeing a guy cry on the field is definitely nothing you want to see, you know, from a linebacker, you know, a great player like that. So what was your take on the Thursday game? I thought it was a good game. I mean, I thought it was good. I thought there was going to be a little bit more scoring involved, but you know what? There's nothing wrong with the way the game was played. It was a, I think it was actually for a Thursday night game. It was a well played game, you know, and it was, uh, you know, it was very competitive and uh, a big first down at the end, and you know, and it really was a shame watching uh, Luke Luke Keekley, uh, you know, 
you know, cry on the field after or it must have been a really bad concussion or he must know that he, he must know he's going to have a problem now. Because he, he had a concussion. He had a concussion a couple of years ago, right? Well, I think he had one last year when he uh, he had missed like four games last year, something like four games last year, and uh, you know maybe he knows that that might be it, you know. And I'll tell you, if you watch the play, it didn't even look like anything that bad, and that's just the amazing thing now how how it is now. These these guys get hurt, and they're not even it's not even like a big hit anymore, and these guys are getting hurt. It's, something's something's up here. They're gonna have to do something. I don't know what they could do. Maybe with the helmets, but they. They got to do something. If you could use, turn the helmets into foam, I mean, you, you know, the foam helmets would, be, would probably be the best thing they could do, you know, safety-wise. But, you know, the NFL likes that, uh, you know, that sound, you know, of the, of, the, of, the, of the helmets hitting each other, you know, play at the – I mean, I think if they used foam helmets, it still wouldn't – because a, a lot of concussions are because the guys are so fast that when they hit you, your neck jerks and – you know, and that that causes a brain your brain to shift quickly. And even when you hit the ground, you see the back of, a lot of the back of the heads hitting the hitting the turf and bouncing off the turf. That's you know that's that's that helmet to helmet stuff. You know that's uh you know just impact. Yeah, no, you're right. Like you said, the players are just faster, they're bigger. You know, and bigger, just big, faster, physical men now. It's just, it's amazing how big. You know, and how fast these guys are now. It's just when we were younger, we played. You know, obviously we didn't play in this level, but we played a lot of tackle yeah, with equipment. Yeah, it, it, like it just wasn't like that. It just wasn't like that. No, yeah, you no, know what? You're right. The, the coaches used to call them stingers. They didn't call them concussions. That's that. It was always misdiagnosed. It was just as a stinger. Um. And you know a lot of people, you know, and we don't, we didn't know back then, you know, the the precautions of having uh, brain injuries. You know, you, you know, I remember coming out of coming out of playing football. And the first thing I would do is just rip off my helmet and look at my stick marks. Yeah. You know, know that would be the first thing I do. I look at my yeah. helmet like, wow, I got all these stick marks. Remember, it was it was a ritual at the end of every game, practice, anything to do nut crackers. Remember, like we would do nut crackers, <laughs> run head to head. I mean. And it wasn't, you didn't even think of anything back then for doing that. Like, it's just amazing how it's become, you know, it really is. And it, I think you're on, like you said, a lot of it has to, the guys are just faster, bigger and faster now. And, you know, it's just nothing you could really do about it other than, you got, like you said, maybe try to change the harm with the foam a little or something because something needs to get done. There's too many guys getting hurt. Now you see brain injuries, now people are killing themselves later in life, like, so it would happen with Seau, right? I mean, so it's it, yeah. it's scary to think. It, it really is. It's scary. Well, the good thing is the guys that have some of the guys that have had concussions in, in all sports. I read an article the other day about uh, the guy Mark Savard who, who played for the Boston Bruins when he he announced that when he's going to donate his brain to science when he, you know when he passes away. A lot of guys are donating their brains, you know, you know, just to do research. You know, maybe it'll help. Uh, you know, find a find a, a reason of, you know, of the effects of these things, you know, and, 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 and science could find a way to, you know, to, to, um, you know, to deal with it. Yes. No, I agree. Something's got to get done. Like you said, it's probably, you know, they're going to have to do a lot of research on it to figure it out. And I'm sure they have been. It just seems like they can't come up with the reason that it keeps happening. Other than, like we said, guys are just bigger, stronger and faster. And they just need no, to figure I, out. Is, oh, oh. I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
No, no, go ahead, go ahead. I'm done. I'm just saying my fear is that, you know, you're not going to have a lot of mothers wanting their children playing football, and we're not going to have football in 20, 25 years, you know? That's a good point. A lot, I know a lot of people that don't want to put their kids in football now, even at a young age. I mean, so, you know, never mind teenager. I'm talking even younger than teenagers, even just starting out. The kid, people just don't want to get their kids into football, you know, other than flag football. That's about it, you know. But, and that's not football. But, but we'll, yeah. Well, we'll see what happens there. But let's get into Sunday's. You know, tomorrow's game. So, first we'll start off Pittsburgh at Cleveland. Obviously, Cleveland winless, trying to get their first win of the year. You know, going, you know, I don't think it's going to happen this week. You know, Pittsburgh's coming off a tough loss last week. I mean, they really lost a tough game. You know, so, you know, coming off that loss, what's your your take on uh, this week's game? I mean, does Pittsburgh just go in there and pound them this week? Well, yeah, my – I'm not. I'm not gonna pick Cleveland to win again because I picked them twice this year, and obviously I'm a, I'm a too. But uh, yeah, uh, I would expect Pittsburgh, you know, to just line up and wanna, you know, wanna, just, you know, do damage to the to the guy in front of them, run the ball a lot, you know, and uh, you know, get their. It's funny, uh, Pittsburgh. They uncover these guys. They got these Eli Rogers and his uh, other wide receivers coming out of nowhere. They always find a replacement for uh, for either underperforming players or guys who are injured. And uh, you, know, you got Antonio Brown. You know, you just uh, Cleveland's outmatched right now. You know, maybe Cleveland's going to be good during you know in, in the future, but you know, just right now they're just not a good team. And uh, you know, and did you gotta, see them winning a game this year? You see any? You see any game uh, they could win this year? Maybe the Cincinnati game. You know, that's like their biggest rivalry, I guess. Oh, I mean. You know, they played Baltimore twice. I'm pretty sure they played Baltimore twice already. That's their other biggest rivalry. Maybe the Cincinnati game because, you know, I'm not liking what I've seen seen out of Cincinnati either. I mean, it's possible maybe they win a home game. I don't know. I mean, if you, you want to just look look towards the I schedule. I seen one show they were predicting them to beat you know, the win to come against San Diego in Cleveland in a couple of weeks. San Diego dropped flying cross country on a short week. So that was okay. the game. They were kind of predicting if there was a game that they lose. I had, well, they, I know, just they, they, this week, Giant fans were worried about next week's game for some reason, but I don't think the Giants should be worried about that I'll game. On, I'll be strapping on my old Bernie Kosar jersey for that Giant game. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I know you will. <laughs> <laughs> my, old Clay Matthews, my old Clay Matthews jersey. Yeah. It's still Clay Matthews. <laughs> the old school. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so we both pretty much say Pittsburgh wins this game easy, right? Yeah, you would think so. And you know what? I would look at it like the spread to eight. I mean, they they go win. They'll win by eight, they'll win by over eight points without even trying. Of course, a lot yeah, of talk about. I agree. The, I talk the, the coach is going to whip up whip them up this week because coach has been taking a lot of uh, taking a lot of flack. You know, you know, it's funny how. When these teams are these these great coaches and these teams, they the first person the first person they always look at is the coach. You know when I they know. never blame Amazing, it, right? blame the players, they always blame the coach. But uh, yeah, they always got to the coach. Yeah, but uh, you got to figure the coach is going to have them ready. Really, not that he doesn't have them ready to play most most of the time, but uh, you got to figure that they're gonna. You know. Yeah, I actually heard something. 
Joe and Evan were talking about kind of saying that he could be on the hot seat if Pittsburgh. Oh yeah, him and McCarthy. Him and McCarthy on the Green Bay. Him and McCarthy because they were talking about the Jets trying to get one of them. I mean, listen, if you're a team, if you're any team, any Mike Tomlin's an upgrade on almost every every coach in the league. I mean, to me, he's a he's a wonderful. He's one of the one of the bright minds in uh in football, and he's still he's still not a, an old man. He's still not. If he's in his early to mid forties, I'd be shocked. Well, maybe he's he's got to be at this point. Maybe he's got to be in his mid forties. But uh, yeah, I would I, I would. You know, if I, if I had my, if my team needed a coach, I would Mike Tomlin would be always be at the top of my list. I agree. To think the Dolphins took Cam Cameron over Mike Tomlin back in years ago, <laughs> they could have had Tomlin, and they said they chose Cam Cameron back in you know uh, that, 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 that's coach one. It's another now, great decision your, by Jeff Ireland. <laughs> now that's your boy, Cam Cameron. You could talk about fish all you want. You really <laughs> have to stay Jeff Fish, oh man, don't even get me started. We're gonna get started on him because Miami plays the Rams this week, so we'll get into that game when we catch up to it. But yeah. So uh all right, let's go to uh Jacksonville at Detroit. I like the line in, for this game at home. Yeah, in Detroit, Jacksonville's has just been a disappointment. Uh, there's nothing more to say. They were, they, they were one of those teams on paper that looked like they were going to, you know, make a big move in the standings this year, but they've uh, they've really been a disappointment. Yeah, I agree. I thought Jacksonville would be better this year as well, and they've been a, a huge disappointment. And uh, I think Detroit's actually in first place, which is shocking, right? Yeah, well, you know, Green Bay is uh, – we all picked Green Bay and Minnesota. Minnesota's looked like a different team since uh, the North Turner resignation, and, uh, and Green Bay's just, uh, you know, they've pretty much fallen apart, you know, in a lot of ways. I remember a few weeks ago I got called out by Magic Mike because of my comments about the Vikings, but it looks like I was right. Yeah, you're like I can count. I only need one hand to, to, to the amount of times that you've been wrong. So I mean, <laughs> usually all right. That's why. That's why I say listen to me and PDV because we know what we're talking about on this show, and our records yeah. and the picks speak for themselves. So, and not only that, there's a Miami Oklahoma flavor that's going on right now in the the football league too. So I mean, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's definitely you definitely have that Miami, you know, the Miami Oklahoma feeling in back ten. There's no doubt about it. There's, hopefully, hopefully that's a sign of things to come that that rivalry is back for good in, in the back ten. You know, and, and and I think we play each other week thirteen too, right? Yeah. I don't have my uh, best game, player. Neither of us might not mean, and neither of us might not need hopefully the game anyway, think, so really might not matter. Hopefully, I have things sewn up because I'm not going to have no DeMarco Murray in Week 13. For some reason, they have the buy in Week 13. Yeah, I never heard of that buys in Week 13, right? That's weird. I've never seen that. They're usually done by like Week 10, Week 11, right? Buys. I mean, that's. You never well, I that like the way the NFL's doing it. They're staggering it, so like you know, like. You know, you don't have a week where you have like uh, you know eight teams on the bye, and you only have, and you don't have a lot of games. So I, I do like that in a, in a sense, but you know, bring it all the way down to week thirteen. I mean, what are you trying to do? What are you trying to do to these fantasy teams? 
Yeah, you don't have to do one of my plays either. <laughs> yeah, you know? really, my play, I, I only have one one running back, and and, uh, and he's not playing. <laughs> hey, listen, you're playing possum for a potential Super Bowl matchup. So hopefully, but we'll see. We got a long way to go there. But speaking of speaking of Demarco Murray, so the next game is the Titans at Colts. And the oh, Titans, we got listen, oh. surprised everybody last week against Green Bay, and they just pounded Green Bay last week. Yeah, I don't know. I think something tells me Indianapolis is going to win this game. Uh, they're home, which is big. Tennessee, really, you know, I mean, I, you got to like what they're doing with the running game. Well, you know, just not with, with Demarco Murray. They they uh they they give the ball to Henry. They use uh t- tight end reverses. I mean, they really. They really do. When they mention that word exotic, uh, exotic smash, smash mouth football, I mean, they really bring it to a different level. And uh, I, I really like what I see out of Tennessee. I mean, you know, their offensive line is is fantastic. I mean, they could use some. Uh, they could use another draft, you know, to to shore up the, the their secondary on defense. But you know, I really like what I see out of Tennessee. But I, I just think, you know, Luck needs this game. You know, it's a, it's a big game for both teams. But when you look at you look at the coach, and you don't know what you're going to see out of the team week by week. They're like Jekyll and Hyde in Indianapolis. But yeah, I'm going, no, to say right. Indianapolis, I'm going to say Indianapolis wins that game, though. Okay, yeah, I'm going to pick the Colts, too, at home. I like the home team here in this game as well. I just think luck, luck in the company will be too much for the Titans on the road. Although the Titans, listen, the Titans are surprising teams. They're playing well this year. and uh, But I, I, don't see, I think the Colts get the job done here. And, yeah, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, they, you know, they're a little healthier. They're coming off the bye. You know, um, what's his McCall? What's his number thirteen? Uh, the wide receiver. He he was been banged up all year. He had an extra week to to um, you know, to rest up. So hopefully he'll be a hundred percent. Yeah, to Hilton, right? Yeah, T. Y. Hilton. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, your moment. You know, I, I sometimes I can only remember remember uh, numbers. <laughs> All right, so we're both in agreement on the Colts there. All right, so now we're going to hit Bills at Bengals. Cincinnati's coming off a tough Monday night loss. Yeah. You know, a game they could have won. Uh, a game they could have won Monday night. and uh, But, you know, Giants held on. I remember it was interesting because I was talking this earlier about it, how we talk, you talk, you mentioned on the show, you know, for the last couple of weeks that the Giants don't have that, you know, they need to show that four-minute offense, and for the first time this year, they did it on Monday by closing out the game on the ground, right? On the third and six, especially the big draw play that got them the first yeah, down. Jennings, yeah, Jennings had a nice, nice run there. Yeah, I actually watched the game with Dudu Brown, and uh, and he was, uh, you know, he was a little bit of a nervous wreck there at the end, with, because with the, with the, you know, with the four, with the lack of a four-minute offense. But yeah. They actually look better running the running the running the ball in general. I mean, Perkins had a couple of nice nice little runs, and you know, and and you know, Jennings had a couple of you know decent runs too. And you know, it, and in the game where, where you know where, where Manning was really he was erratic. He was he was not accurate. He, he had you know he was just just not a, didn't have a good game. You know, and uh, they still managed to win that game. So that's a big win for the Giants. You know, that was a really big win, and they. Their defense, you know, they may give up yards, but you know they're bend but don't break defense right now. And you know those those signings that they made in the off season, that's one of the teams when you look at paper, 
you know, that, that, you know, you would think they'd be more improved defensively. And, you know, that's just the way it, it's coming out. And, you know, yeah. big move. They well, both played out. Good for them. And, you know, things are looking good for them. I mean, next week with the Bears and then next week with the Browns, I mean, the Giants could be 8-3 and three if they do if they take care of business, you know. Yeah, so absolutely. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. So who do you like in a Cincinnati-Buffalo uh, game? I'm gonna go with Buffalo's good. I think Buffalo's gonna win this game. I just, I don't, I just, I'm, I'm not liking what I'm seeing out of Cincinnati. They're not committed yeah, to run enough. You know, they're not running the ball enough. I think it's too much passing. To me, when I think about the Bengals, I think about their offensive line, and I, you know, obviously I think of AJ Green too, and you know, but I, I also, I think about their offensive line and their talented offensive line, and I'm just not liking what I'm seeing out of. Out of their commitment, yeah, I think got, that's the team. And they got two they very good Hugh, running backs too. Yeah, they miss Hugh Jackson. I think calling the plays. Yeah, actually, I heard Marvin Lewis said he misses Hugh Jackson a lot. That, that's interesting that you said that because that's that's what they said. They said they miss him a lot. So I would take Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati at home will get it done. Sorry, Magic Mike. I like Cincinnati this week. Today's Magic Mike's birthday, Petey. Oh, happy birthday, Magic Mike. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to hear from him today because I know he has some things going on. He had told me earlier in the week. But, you know, definitely happy birthday to the the Magic Man. All right. So, all right. So, you got Buffalo. I got Cincinnati in that game. Tampa at Kansas City. I can't see at home. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. You know, uh. Kansas City's just been, you know, they, they, you look at Andy Reid. Any team that Andy Reid coaches, you can pretty much put them down for 10 wins every year. It's amazing. He just wins. The guy just amazing. wins. Yeah, it is you amazing. Know, the guy just wins games. There's not, nobody could say. He, he, the guy's a winner. Yeah, that's really all you could say. I mean, and like you said, he's probably going to win 10 games at least again this year. Right? With a 7-2. and two. So, I mean, you know. And at home against Tampa, I just don't think Tampa could win this game on the road. I don't think they're ready to win this game on the road. Although, I think Tampa's definitely improved, and I think Tampa's got a bright future. I just don't think they they, they win this game. Yeah, really bright future. Right. They really have a bright future. They do. They do. They really do. I mean, Evans they, just started. They, they I mean, Winston's draft, really yeah. good. Yeah, they need some defensive players in the secondary. You know, they're starting it with Hargraves, but they need more. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, no, that's it. They got to build through next year. They got a lot of cap room and, and draft picks, so that's you got to. There's your chance, right? Is to build that defense, and then they definitely have a bright future. But Kansas City will take the game this week. I agree with you on that one. All right, we got Bears at Giants, as we just talked about. I mean, without Jeffrey on the road, I I, I don't see how the Bears win this game at all. I, I can't. There ain't a scenario I can imagine that the Bears win this game. Well, I just read an article where JPP was uh, opening up his big mouth. Uh, really, you guys just got to keep his mouth shut. He's saying that they're not worried about Jay Cutler. I mean, I agree with him. I mean, it's it's factual, but uh, I don't know if it's something you want to say in the media, you know, and have the media run with it for the rest of the weekend, you know, pro- provide some bulletin board material. But, you know, I mean, Giants, Giants should win this game, you know, rather easily. Though the one thing I could see happening – is maybe the Bears, they, they they have had a decent pass rush. Maybe the pass rush is overwhelms the Giants' offensive line. But if that doesn't happen, if the Giants can keep a, 
a clean pocket for Manning, I can't see a, I can't see a scenario where uh, where they lose. Yeah, I agree. I don't see that either. All right, so then we got so we both take the Giants there, then the Cardinals, Cardinals, Vikings. I mean, I, I'm thinking Minnesota. Now we're getting to the point here where Minnesota is five and zero. Now we're looking at them, and we're, they're almost in must-win territory here at home. And Cardinals, you know, they're another team. They got to win all their games after a poorer start. But I got to go with the home team here, and I'm going to take Minnesota because I just think the noise and you know they they, they do have a fantastic pass rush, and we you know we've seen Carson Palmer with a pass rush how he plays. I'm thinking that, you well, know, that, uh, yeah, it's cowardly, actually. Uh, but, uh, yeah, and we, you know, I, I'm thinking that Minnesota is going to win this game. Probably, probably not going to be a high-scoring game, maybe a 17-13 type of final. And if you, I don't know what the over-under is. I'm looking now, it's 40. Maybe maybe you want to take the under there, uh, uh, Fever. I can see a defensive uh, game, so. Yeah, so I, I'm yeah, actually going to go Arizona. I'm going to go opposite. I, you I, are going to go Arizona. I think, okay. Minnesota's, I think Minnesota's in a free fall right now. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they're, they're, pretty much. Are they, are they even trying to rush Peterson back now? Peterson's like running more now, and they're, they're trying to get him back by week like thirteen. Back. He's been 14. ready now for three weeks. What are they rushing? Yeah, rushing back. Yes. <laughs> we'll see what happens there. You know. And then, you know, for fantasy people, too, waiting on Peterson, you know, like, you know, even if he comes back week 13, week 14, week 15, he may not have him really for the playoffs. So I wouldn't really bank on him in that aspect uh-huh. if you are. No, you know. if he does back, I mean, you can't. The, the, that, that offensive the line is just – I think my agent got a call. The Bulls ain't banking on him, I can tell you that. <laughs> he can, Melvin, Melvin Gordon has, has supplanted him at this point. Okay. But, uh, all right, so, all right, we got Ravens-Cowboys. Another game. I don't know. I don't see a scenario where Baltimore wins this game. I'm just going on the road. I mean, I listen, they're not as bad as, obviously, my thought on the Bears-Giant game, but I just don't see Dallas losing this game at home. But, I mean, will they have a slip-up eventually? Probably at some point this year, but I don't think it'll be this week. But then again, after Ray Lewis's comments might motivate Flacco this week too, right? Because Ray Lewis said something about Flacco this week. Yeah. So saying he's a winner, but he don't have that fire or whatever. Like he wins games, yeah. but he don't have that fire that you're looking. Ray yeah, Lewis I, pulling out his man, no. basically. Yeah, I I keep on predict. I was predicting a Dallas slip up, but you know what? They they haven't slipped up, and they're not going to slip up in this game. It just. <laughs> If you look at the matchups, you know, it's just uh, it's overwhelmingly in Dallas's favor. You know, Baltimore can rush the passer, but but Dallas isn't gonna Dallas isn't gonna give you a. They're gonna run the ball a lot, and when they do throw the ball, they're gonna move a Prescott around. You know, and you know, have him. You know, have him. You know, have him spread the ball around. You know, to all. The one thing you like about Prescott is he doesn't try to force the ball into Dez. He just. He throws the ball in to the guy that's open, you know, and it's usually it's Cole yeah. Beasley. It's usually Cole Beasley yeah. up the middle and usually dropping the pass, but you know, 
for whatever the case may be. Like it's what we like to call a bloodsucker. That's what we like. Yeah, a butt, yeah. Oh, a guy who wouldn't a guy who wouldn't have a he should get half his contract every week half his paycheck every week to to Des Bryant for making him relevant. Yeah. But uh, you wouldn't even know who Cole Beasley was if Des Bryant wasn't on the other side. Exactly. <laughs> so, Bingo, you hit it right on that right there. Yeah, but I like the Cowboys. The Cowboys, I, the Cowboys got things clicking. I mean, the offensive line obviously is the best in football. Elliott is just a dominant running back. Prescott, like you said, he's playing great football. He's not turning the ball over, which is key. And, uh, you know, Romo came out this week, said all the right things, right? And, you know, Dallas is rolling. There's no reason for Dallas to change anything right now, the way they're playing. Hey, listen, he actually won the game last week for them, you know, Dak Prescott, you know, the way the way he yeah. played. I mean, for the first time, you got to see him, you know, lead a team back in a game that, you know, where you needed your quarterback to make the plays, and he made all the plays that he needed to make, so... To me, he's answered every every question that you needed him every week by week basis. He's he's had that answer. So I mean, sure, he's probably going to have a poor game down the line. Maybe it's this week. Maybe it's not. But you know, until that happens, until we see a, a big time regression, there there shouldn't be any questions. You know, and why break why why mess with something that's not broke? You know. I agree, hundred percent. And you know, while we're on the subject of Dallas, let's bring in a Dallas fan. The call. Christine from Pine Bush, what's going on? What's up, guys? Hey, Christine. What's going on? Let's Dallas. She must be hey, real I excited. just want you to know, Nicole for Raymond's birthday was on Thursday. Nicole gave yeah. us four tickets to see Giants Cowboys. Yeah. Wow. Look at that. That's great. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's a nice gift. Woohoo! Yeah, she got them from her job. Oh, that'll oh. be fun. You got. You should. Yeah. Uh, you should call Joe. You should call Joe. He's got. They tail. They're having a big tailgating party. Devin, Joe, and all them that day. You and Ray could go meet up with them. Yeah, maybe we will. They're gonna be out there. They're gonna be out there for hours. They got. They have a lot of big, a lot of great food and stuff. So you guys should definitely call Joe and go. Yeah, Joe, I will. I may just come for the tailgate and the food. Yeah, really. <laughs> Pete, Pete, maybe we'll uh, take a ride just for the tailgate. Nicole's yeah. trying to get two more. If she gets two more, then we're going to bring the kids and Dennis. All of us are going to oh, go. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. So it should be Who's fun. What's going on? But we'll look forward Happy to birthday it. Happy birthday to my brother in law, Ray. Yep. Uh, Happy birthday, Ray. Yeah. Ray. What a man, what a man, what a man. Almost wept when he saw the ticket. It's <laughs> <laughs> sick, I couldn't believe it. He's like, are you studying real? <laughs> He's like, yeah. Like, I'm doing my job. He was like, oh, shit. This is cool. That's so, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, to be fun. That's it, right? He deserves it. Dallas, come on. Prescott, 40 seconds, 47 seconds left. He was impressive yeah, no, last listen, week. Yeah, that was an unbelievable drive. You yeah. You can take yeah, that was an unbelievable was a, game. Uh, it really was. It was a, I mean, yeah. had and had um, what's spike. his name? You, know, you had Ben Roethlisberger doing his Dan Marino inter- you know, impersonation with a big spike. You oh, know? yeah. And then Dallas, and Dallas responded and came right back. It was a big win, yeah. big, to say yeah. the least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was all Prescott. That was all Prescott. I mean, the guys made the right plays, but Prescott was really – I was very impressed because I thought, like, maybe he was getting a little nervous. He's never been in that position before. But 
he held his own. He did good. I was proud of him. I was proud well, of I gotta him. I got to tell you, the biggest... The biggest play to that drive to me, honestly, was the first pass when it was a short three-yard pass to Witten, and Witten let it drop on purpose because he knocked it down with his hand. Because he catches that pass and they tackle him, they lose like 15, 20 seconds right there. Great. That was yeah. a very smart play by Witten. Yeah, I love Witten. He's his favorite. That's a play you cannot teach. That's an instinctive play. You cannot teach that. That is just That's all Witten, that play. Veteran, yeah. you know, he knows. That's why he's a Hall of yeah, Fame tight end. Hall of Fame. This, yeah. this is probably his last year. If they, I would bet if they win the Super Bowl and he gets a ring, this is he's going to retire. I agree. He's old, right? He's like 40 years old, no? 38, maybe? He was one of Parcells. He's, he's been around for a long time. Yeah, he's been around. Um, but yeah, they're playing really good. It's so oh, forget it. I, I like look forward to like I don't think they're on TV this week. They've been on TV the last three or four weeks, which has been great. I don't think they're on this week, which stinks. Witten's thirty-four, by the way. Witten's thirty-four years old. Which oh, really? I thought he was older than old. that. They're yeah, for football, old. that's what football player, anyway. That's like that's forty old for, for football, football right? Yeah. Yeah. Other only quarterbacks usually play past their mid into their mid thirties. Yeah, I don't think you know, yeah, and your Raiders to... aren't doing bad either, right, uh, Pete? The Raiders are. Ah, they're doing they're having a good year, surprisingly a good year and uh Maybe keep... we'll see Raiders Cowboys uh Super Bowl. That'd be great. Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> two teams that we didn't think we had any chance I mean Two teams that in the low in the low in the standings the last few years back into back yeah. the Super Bowl. That'd be yeah, that'd be that'd be something I'd love to see. That'd be that'd be fantastic. Oh, we'd have together go to Anthony's or something and watch that. Oh yeah, no doubt. Yeah, have a no Super Bowl doubt. party without a doubt. That's just a historic. <laughs> it, that's a, that's a historic. Damon wants to try to get. You know, he's like, if that'd the be boys make it, want to get kids. He wants to get tickets for the playoffs if they make it and go to Dallas. I'm like, you're out of your mind. <laughs> I'm down. I don't hey, care, but but yeah, they're doing I good. Know. So, and yeah, I'm pretty sure they're going to win this. Rolling. But then, but yeah, I, I like them a lot. Too. I like them a lot too. Yeah, they're rolling right now, Dallas. But yeah. what do you think of? Uh, I'm sure you're happy. Romo classy with his comments this week as well, right? Tony Romo coming That's out and basically saying he's the backup. You know, Prescott's team now. You know. Very classy, yo. You know what? He he. Listen, if he didn't get hurt, he would have been the quarterback. You got hurt. How yeah, could course. you stop happening right now? You can't. It, it it goes to show you he's a team player. He's not selfish. You know what I'm saying? Bottom line, it goes to show you he he, he he's looking for the best interest of the team, not himself. Because yeah, you can't no, you can't replace them. You can't now. replace Prescott now. You just can't. The teams are all win. There's no reason to do it. There's and no, you close know. it. So, you know, I thought what he what he said, and he's just very classy. I thought think what's happening now is something you're not going to see often. It's not going to happen every year, and so you got to let it go. You got to see where it takes you. You can't just interfere in it. Leave it. What a draft! Yeah, they won right? Great. They won eight straight. How could you mess with that? And honestly, they should have won that giant game, too. That guy gets out of bounds. 
they went, you know, they yeah. have a chance to win that giant game because their kicker is is barely is uh, amazing. Oh, he's one of the best in the league. Yeah, he's one of the best. So in the league. that guy, forget who it was. Was it um, Elliot? Who was? Terrence Williams didn't get out of bounds. Williams, he didn't get out of bounds. If he gets out of bounds, they have a chance to kick a field goal in that game. Oh yeah, they, but, they probably do. They probably and let the puck run out, like you know. They could have been undefeated right now. Well, we'll see at the Giants game this week. I mean, this time in December. We'll see, you know, when they play the Giants, what happens, how they how they do. And the Giants and Cowboys always play great games, right? They always seem to play tough games, so. Absolutely. But the last, if you look at the last three years, the Cowboys won every game up until this last game. Well, I've seen I've seen Dak Prescott play before in uh, in pressure games, play in Alabama when he was with uh, Mississippi State, and he's never been he's never been somebody who uh, cowers down to the to the to the enormity of the situation. So I, I would think I would think he's ready for these big time games. You know, the only thing that would that would scare me a little bit about him is we haven't seen him play in cold weather yet, and we, guys when they play. Guys, when they play in cold weather, they, sometimes it's a little, little bit different. You know, you, the ball has a different feel. So I think if he gets a couple of these cold weather games under his uh, belt, you know, before the playoffs start, I, I you know, and he and he passes the, those tests, I, I, I would, I would just say he's playoff ready, and you know, he's no longer a rookie. He's, you know, he's just a player at that point. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, because yeah, that's right. You got to remember, he's still a rookie. Elliot's. A, I mean, Elliot came right out of high school, right? Well, did he go no, out no, for Ohio, Ohio State? Ohio State he came from. I thought he came out but of he's, high listen, school. Listen, he's, he's stepped right in and been one of the best <laughs> runners in the league. So he's one of the best runners in the league right now. So, you know, that offensive yeah. line is just sick. Dallas just has a sick offensive line, too. So. And Dez, listen. You know, his dad passed away the night before Sunday. <laughs> his dad passed away Saturday night. And he played oh, yeah. Sunday. They gave him the game ball, the coach. I watched it on um they had it like on the internet. They gave him the game ball that day. Um he, he his dad passed that night, the night before, Saturday night. And he came and he played and you know, that must have been tough for him. Yeah, and he had a big game. Good for him, you know. Yeah. It's been a tough year for him. A tough couple of years for him with the injuries and uh I'm glad he's playing, you know, he's playing the games and he's you know, he's being productive. <laughs> And when he and when he doesn't, when he's not really involved in the game plan, he's pretty much keeping his mouth shut, you know, and just you know he's yeah. happy. So you know. Yeah, well, that's it. So I'm rooting for them. So I'm really excited. Yeah, we'll, so we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, listen, they're on their verge to get home field. If they keep things going, they'll have home field advantage in the playoffs, right? So that could be huge. I mean, you know. I'll tell you one thing, though. Every time I think about the playoffs, no matter what team I think about, I think to myself, and I know I shouldn't because I'm a Cowboy fan, I think to myself there's nobody stopping Tom Brady this year. <laughs> I just have a feeling he's on a mission to prove something, and I just feel like no one's going to stop him. Well, you know what? No, I, I hope Oakland, Oakland needs to win these games because if, if New England slips up and, you know, and Oakland keeps winning – you know, I would love to see him come to Oakland, you know, in the playoff game instead of having a, 
instead of I having know, us to go to New England. I mean, it's a big, it's a big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I think that's key. I think, I, I think home field. That's why Raiders got to keep winning. You know, because home field's key yep. here. Yep, I, I agree. And listen, but and New England had a little slip up last week, so you never know, right? I mean, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm rooting for them to lose, but. You know, I just feel like, I don't know, when it comes down to it, he scares me. He's the only one that I'm like, oh. Hey, listen, he's... last year, the last year, the last game of the season, Miami cost New England home field in the playoffs. Maybe they'll do it again this year. They I play remember them the that. last week again. And they play him the last week again this year. So maybe it happens again this year. Who knows, right? Nice. Miami four in a nice. row, meanwhile, huh? Dolphins were yeah. four in a row, too. Yeah. Yeah, they're impressive. Um, they've been playing good. I was like, when yeah, I, I saw feeling, it, I was, I was like, feeling, must be happy. I was feeling really good about tomorrow's game until now that Brandon Albin and, and uh, Pouncey are both out tomorrow, and now they got two no-name guys trying to block Aaron Donald tomorrow, so that might be a problem. Well, <laughs> you don't know. Look, their line you was know. playing great. It's a shame because their line was playing great, and then I lost two guys. Two of their starting players, which two of their better players, so that that kind of stinks. But we'll see what happens. Well, you guys have a good weekend, and I guess I'll speak to you guys next week. Hopefully, we have all have uh, are in happy moods because we won. And uh, yeah, definitely. We'll talk next weekend, and let me know if you guys are going to go there. Before the game, the Giant Cowboy game, because I'll definitely meet up with you guys. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, our job was probably not going to go because we don't have tickets, but you never know. Maybe me and Pete take a ride there just to eat. <laughs> that would be nice. That would be nice. We'll, we'll go eat and then we'll go to my house to watch the games. So. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll have see. a good week. But I'll, let you know, but I'll see you That's next week. Cowboys. All right. Bye. Stop them Cowboys. Bye. How about the teams are talking Dallas, the Cowboys fans, and, uh, you know, got a lot to talk about, right? They're playing well, so a lot for us to seem to be happy about. All right, so now, as I just talked about the, the Dolphins-Rams, as Moses was talking about, so what worries me here, like I said, is, you know, now Albert's out, he, you know, dislocated his wrist, he finished the game last week, but... You know, with tons will move in the left tackle, but then you have, you know, Uris coming to play uh, left guard now, so that's, that, is, that could hopefully not be an issue because Tunzel will do the job for Albert. Tunzel, we've seen one of the highest great you know, linemen in the league this year as a rookie, so I'm not really worried about Tunzel. I'm really worried about the other part with, with Pouncey being out and Steen starting, and now these guys got to go against Donald, which could be a big issue tomorrow. What do you think? Yeah, that's going to be an issue, but um, my understanding is I think uh, Robert Quinn's uh, is, is, is going to play. I mean, I think he's, he's, he's questionable, but uh, he's a game-time decision. But uh, So, I mean, if he's you guys got to your line, right? yeah. maybe, it may be, uh, you know, maybe Quinn doesn't play, and, you know, and that can, you know, even it out a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I mean – and the guy, Gene, uh, who's going to play for Pouncey, actually played the first week in Seattle and the second week in uh, New England when Pouncey was out, and he did well. So I guess, you know, he could probably hold his own maybe because he did do well in those tough spots. So, you know, 
you know, the Rams, I wouldn't say, are as good as those teams, even though their defensive line is pretty good, the Rams. I mean, their defense is good. The Rams still got a good defense. They're, it's their offense. And with Goff starting, I think Miami could win this game because they think Goff's first game, I think Miami could maybe force some turnovers here. And that Miami's pass rush has been well playing well, too. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Cameron Wake's been getting to the quarterback. You know, even when he doesn't get to the quarterback, he's pressuring him. Yeah, I could see them forcing some early mistakes out of Goff. But, uh, yeah, I, I like the Dolphins this game. I, You know, you, you know, we mentioned the Rams' defense being, you know, the strong part of the team. Miami's offensive line is really, you know, even with their injuries, they still, uh, you know, they're still going to they're still gonna open some holes, I think, for Ajayi and uh, – you know, set up some play action for Tannehill, you know, whatever the case may be. And so, you know, I like, I like, I like what they're doing. I like their potion right now. I like their, I like that they're, they're pounding the ball and they're throwing the ball deep. I mean, when they go out back to throw the ball, they, you know, they, they actually do have an identity now. They're a running team that likes to play action and throw the ball deep, which is a great combination. Yeah, and it all became, it all, this is all happened because of the Jai, right? And, and the offensive line, like you said. And Ajayi's emergence, right, allowed them to do this. Exactly. Tannehill really, last week, Tannehill really played great last week. He really did. Yeah, he won the game last week. To a decent quarterback, you know, he's, you know, he's playing well. Yeah. And, and you know, I think you give some of that credit to Gates, you know. Gates. He's, he's always thrown a deep ball well. It's just that they don't, they, you know, they would throw deep once and then not throw deep again until, until the game was out of uh, – you know, till till it was passing time when you know when the game's out of reach. Yeah, they follow up with that five yard pass. You know, the, the quick pass, the quick dump offs. You know. Mhm. But yeah, no, I agree. I think uh, you know, I like what you're saying. I think you can give a lot of his, a lot of the credit has to go to Gase. I mean, Gase is really known to be great with quarterbacks and make quarterbacks play better, and he's clearly made making Tannehill a better player right now. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you got to be happy. Right, so we both good. take Miami. Yeah, no, it definitely worked. That signing is that that coach hiring definitely looks like they might have found the guy here finally. It's taken them long enough, but you know, hopefully this is the guy now for a while. But we'll see. All right, so we got now next game is New England at San Francisco. I mean, is this game a complete bombing here? A complete a complete blowout, yeah. especially coming off yeah, the New England's uh, angry after losing that game to Seattle, which is another a really good game, you know, to watch on su- Sunday night. It was a really Great good game. game that, yeah, the New England Seattle game, you know, and uh, yeah, I mean, I don't see a, I don't see a scenario where, where New England doesn't put put up forty points. Even without Gronkowski, because Gronkowski because they got Bennett, yeah. they they could they still yeah. have Bennett. There. You know, they, they they use those rub routes, those cheating routes that they love so much, you know, where basically you have the wide receiver block, blocking someone before the pass is in the air. Yeah, they just, and they can run the ball. I mean, the Wiggler can beat you in a number of ways, you know. They could they can run the ball. They have three different running backs they could choose to give the ball to. They have wide receivers who are, you know, they're pretty much all the same. You know, and and you know, even without Gronk, they have they still have Martellus Bennett, you know, who's a really a stellar tight end. And they, yeah, I, I don't see a scenario where New England doesn't put up forty points, and Belichick doesn't try to run the score up. He's going to try and run it up. I agree, hundred percent. I, I see a, a big time blowout coming here in this game. All right, so we both got New England. Then we got Philly at Seattle, a really intriguing matchup. 
in Seattle. Seattle's playing great football right now. The Eagles are playing good. So it's definitely a good matchup. I think I, I like Seattle. I think it's going to be a tough road game for Philly to win, you know, there, especially a rookie quarterback going up there. But uh, I think it'll be a pretty competitive game, though. What do you think? Yeah, I, I like Seattle, too. But I, one thing I like about Philadelphia, they finally gave the ball, started giving the ball, hand the ball to Matthews. Because like, as much as I like Sproles, and I really like Sproles, he's, you know, you can't give him the ball. He can't have 20 touches a game because he's just not built for that. And, uh, you know, I, I like the mix of getting Matthews the ball and, you know, and, you know, it's splitting the carries, you know, a little towards Matthews' favor, but giving the ball, you know, just passing passing the ball out of the backfield to Sproles. But, you know, this is uh, the Legion of Doom at home, and, uh, you know, they have momentum, and, uh, you know, Russell Wilson's looking healthier and healthier every week, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm liking Seattle this game. I, I'm not sure how close it's going to be. I think this is going to be the, the first time where you see uh, – Philadelphia get exploited on with the loss of uh you know the suspended uh, Lane Johnson, the big tackle, uh, the big tackle. I think yeah. this is one of the first time that's that that's going to get exposed. Yeah, and I agree with you. It's good to see them handing the ball to Matthews. Foles is better off using the third down passing back or when you're behind in games, but you need Matthews to pound the ball as well. You know, so definitely good and it's finally. But down here, interesting, Matthews is a guy who's dropped in a lot of percentage of leagues over the last couple of weeks, surprisingly, you know, because he wasn't getting the ball. And then he had a bust down. Now he's been one of the most added players in leagues, you know, in non-keeper leagues, you know, just like, and now he's like one of the more added players for one week. So it's pretty interesting how things can change there. But, I mean, I, I think Seattle takes this game probably like 27 or 24, 27, 17, something like that. I can see them winning. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think they'll win it not easily, but it, you know the game won't be in question in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I agree. And then we have Green Bay at Washington. Interesting matchup on Sunday Night Football. Green Bay is basically in a must-win game now, right here, and uh, so we'll see how that's going to play out. And uh, you know, Washington's playing good. Washington's playing decent football. So at home on a Sunday night prime time, what do you think about this game? I like Washington. I think Washington's going to win this game. As much as of a must-win game it is for Green Bay, it's still a must-win game for Washington. You know, basically all their games are must-wins at this point. And, uh, you know, I'm not liking what I see at a Green Bay, man. Uh, just, uh, you know, a lot of talk about Mike McCarthy being, uh, you know, being on the hot seat there, over there, too. You know, they really, they really need this game. But uh, I don't know. I just – they – they just they're lacking something. They they're missing something that they usually have, uh Green Bay. And it's just even even Rogers, I know he's put up some, some pretty sweet numbers. You know, when it comes down to it, you know, I mean they need that big pass. He just doesn't just he's just not putting the ball where he needs to be put and you know, and then I, I don't know, I think Washington's gonna win this game. I like I like what I, I saw out of their defense the last couple of weeks, you know, they're playing a little bit they're identifying their uh you know, the type of defenses they want to play in situations and uh, I think Washington's going to win this game it's going to be a close game though it's going to be a, a three or four point game either way but uh, I'm going to say Washington win, wins this one and this will be the third the third game only that I go against we go against each other I'm going to take Green Bay I just think it's a must win I think Rodgers is going to find a way to win this game I think it's going to be a close game. It's probably going to be decided late in the fourth quarter, and I think it's going to be a late Rodgers drive that wins this game. 
but you know, Green Bay does have issues. There's no denying that. You know, so we'll see. We'll see. Their defense ain't playing that great, and their running game hasn't been good. But Starks is back, so they're hoping that Starks could, you know, start getting some consistency there and helping them out there. So I, I just think it's going to be a close Green Bay win in this one. All right, and then we got finally, obviously, your Raiders Monday night. Saved the best for last, Texas. The Texans at Raiders, Monday Night Football. Obviously, it's a good matchup. Texans playing good football. Obviously, the Raiders are playing great football. And uh, I don't know. I, I like the Raiders at home this game. I think Osweiler is going to have a home time. game. It's not a home game. They're oh, playing yeah. in Mexico City. Yeah, it's considered home. That's true. It's in Mexico. You're right. I'm sorry. Yeah, it is in Mexico. For some reason, they decide to put the Raiders in friggin' Mexico on a Monday night. Thanks, NFL. Thank you. Yeah, and you lose and you lose a home game out of the deal, right? So not only not only that, that we got to play the Monday night game, and then next week we got to play Carolina, who's got an extra three days of rest for playing on a Thursday night game. Thank you, NFL. Really, thanks, guys. Yeah, that's true. So you got a short week coming from Mexico. They got a long week, right? Yeah, that's, thank you, thank you, NFL is right. But I still think Oakland's going to be too much. I think they're going to win this game. I, I, I'm not a fan of Osweiler. I don't think he's, he's – I clearly not lived up to expectations in Houston this year. And uh, I'm sure DeAndre Hopkins agrees with me on that one. And, uh, you know, Miller's banged up as well. I, I, I just like I, – I think Oakland takes this game fairly, you know, fairly easily in my mind, actually. What do you think? Yeah, I like Oakland, too. I think that uh, they're uh... – they're starting to peak, you know, uh, not quite at the right time, but they're still gonna. They're starting to peak. They're starting to. They're starting to play defense, not not shut down defense, but just making stops when you need to make a stop. You know, at the end of the, you know, whether it be in the red zone or whether it be at the end of games. You know, I, I'm liking what I'm seeing out of them, and uh, you know, I like the Raiders. Some like a 27-20 game or 27-17, something like that. You know, not a blowout either way, but you know, you know something where they, you know, we really don't have to sweat it out. But uh, hopefully, and, I'm right. And you really got to worry. Yeah, and you also got to worry about like, you know, we go next to a bad, drinking bad water, food poisoning. You get players get come back home, and all of a sudden you got food poisoning during the week or something. You hear like so these things you got to worry about when you go when you play games over there. And you know, like you said, it's just it's rare. Listen. I like, you know, listen, they can do things, over, you know, different countries, you know, make some money. I understand what they're doing. But did you really need to do this on a Monday night? Like, this is something that should have been done on a Sunday, like kind of how they do the London game, you know. You know, I, I think they should have did that. I don't think they should have did this on Monday night. But, uh, you know, I guess it is what it is, and you got to play the game, right? So. Also, too, you got to look at it, too, is the yeah, – is the is the atmosphere the their elevation it they're two thousand feet higher than Denver so the the air's yeah. going to be thin you know and it, you know it's going to be a endurance test for both teams. Another big fact I see Janikowski kicking like a sixty five yarder for some reason in this game. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the cause cause playing unbelievable definitely one of one of the guys you know in the MVP race one of the top you know, MVP candidates so far this year without a doubt I mean the guy he's just showing that he's a the great rising star in the league, and uh, you know the Raiders are just the Raiders. The, the silver and black are back right now. I mean they are. It's you know and you know it's showing right now. They're playing great football. No, no, not, not yeah. What you say is correct, and uh, you know 
I just hope they can keep it up. Yeah, listen, it's good to see some of the old school teams starting to play better football, you know, getting themselves back in, you know, you know, into, uh, you know, into the spotlight. Just, you know, teams like the Raiders, you know, they, 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 they struggled for years, but they, you know, they're one of the more historic teams in the NFL. And these are the teams you want to see good, you know, so, and, uh, you know, maybe like Christine said, the Raider Cowboy Super Bowl maybe ain't out of the out of uh you know, out of the realm of possibility. It's not, you know. No, it's definitely not. I mean, yeah, the, what a Super Bowl that would be. I mean, that would be great. Two historic yeah. teams playing for the Super Bowl, that would be you know NFL would 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 sign up for that right now. And they both have a legitimate shot at, at uh home field, you know, both teams. So Yeah, yeah, no doubt. They just gotta keep winning, you know, and you keep winning. And when they lose, not have not have any losing streaks. Just lose one game and come back and win. That's what it's all about right now. I agree, hundred percent. So there's our picks. So we both took Pitt. We both took Dallas. We both took Detroit. We both took the Colts. I took Cincinnati. Pete took Buffalo. We both took Kansas City. We both took the Giants. He took Minnesota. I took Arizona. We both took Miami, New England, Seattle. Pete took Washington. I took Green Bay. And we both took Oakland. So pretty much got a few picks differently this week. But uh, like I said, we're both, we're both doing well on the season. So, you know, definitely, you know, you can't go wrong following either one of us. Pete's 83-62-2. and two. I'm 94-51-2. and two. So we're both well way over 500. I mean, at least both of us are at least 20, if not more games over 500. So, just, uh, you know, obviously we know what we're doing here. And, you know, now, Petey, before I let you go, I do want to ask you one question about big game tonight, Oklahoma-West Virginia. What's your take on that game tonight? Well, I mean, West Virginia's uh, – last year, West Virginia was a all-offense, no-defense uh, team. And this year they're actually playing defense. And uh, I like what Oklahoma's done the last, uh, I would say, six games they – you have this uh, wide receiver they uncovered, D.D. Westbrook. He's got 13 touchdowns in his last six games, and uh, he's been uh, he's been really lighting it up. And Baker, you know, Mayfield's been Mayfield's been playing well. You know, he's just uh, you know, to me, he's a good he's a good college quarterback. He's a mobile guy. He reminds me a little bit of Johnny Football in that sense. But uh, and their defense their defense is mediocre. I mean, I like Oklahoma to win this game. Maybe by ten points, you know. It's, I just think that 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 Oklahoma is, you know, going to outclass them. But the one thing that worries me about Oklahoma is their defense. They they really give up big, a lot of big plays in the passing game, and they are uh, and and when they play mobile quarterbacks, it always any any quarterback that can break down the play and extend the play, it gives them a problem. But West Virginia really doesn't. They have a pocket quarterback, which could be a problem because Oklahoma. They're really good at, at at stopping pocket passes, so I would look for their defense to play a little bit better than it's been playing, you know, throughout the year. Because simply because of the matchup, and you know, it, it favors favors us a lot on defense. But you know, it's going to be a good game, you know, and you know the way I, being an Oklahoma fan, you know, these are the games that you know that that, that Bob Stoops usually, you know, has a little wrinkle in the game plan, maybe a fake punt or or, or something crazy like that that. You know they'll, they'll 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 pull out of it. They'll pull out for the, just for this game. 
I think Oklahoma will win this game simply because they're, you know, they're, you know, player for player, they're better. And, but they are playing on the road in West Virginia, and who knows what the weather's going to be like tonight, the night game. So, you know, that could be a, that could be an equalizer. But I'm, I'm psyched up, I'm pumped up, I'm ready for the, getting ready for the for, for that game. It's going to be should should be a good game. And now, what do you think? Like to you, like quickly, what's your what's your path for Oklahoma to get to to this playoff? What what, do you, what needs to happen? And to me, to me, Oklahoma, I mean, and I'm a fan. I bleed. I bleed. I bleed Oklahoma soon. I, I don't think they should. I don't think there's a path. I don't think they they had their chance. They they played two good teams at the beginning of the season, and they were and they were embarrassed. And they're embarrassed. The Ohio State embarrassed them. So, uh, to me, I don't think if I'm a, I don't think I could put them in the playoffs. Uh, to me, the only way to only, to me the only way a Big Twelve team makes it into the playoffs is would be if West Virginia was able to to um to beat Oklahoma tonight. I just, you know, as much as I like to see them in the playoff, they really, they had their chance and they, you know, they, you know, they were embarrassed. There's not, you can't take that back. Yeah. So they need a couple, they need a couple of losses here, right? I mean, they need, what they need, they need Ohio state and Michigan to lose a couple more games, which is probably not going to happen, even though they both play each other. They need that to happen and they need Clemson to drop a game or two. So I mean, and I don't see Clemson lose. If the Clemson lost last week, I don't see. Or maybe Clemson, Clemson could lose. Well, maybe they could lose the ACC title game. Yeah, well, yeah, State, they right? game. So yeah, maybe that that could happen, you know. But if they both have two losses, and you know, and they they lose in a title game to a good team, I could see I could see that not being enough. Yeah, so yeah, so I guess really all you need you got to just win out and hope for the best, right? At this point. Yeah, listen, if they play in the Sugar Bowl and they're not in the playoffs, it's still you know it's still a good season, you know. It's still it's still not the the worst thing in the world, you know. After being one and two, losing to Houston and uh, losing to Houston and uh, Ohio State, you know, I'm pretty much thinking my season was over. But you know, at least they have some relevancy, you know. And either way, for me, it's been a good season. Well, that's what I was going to say. You know what? They started off slow, and now they've still made a season out of this. So, you know, still uh, yeah. still got a shot. All right, man. Well, thanks, thanks as always, for calling in, doing a great segment as always. And, uh, you know, we'll be back next week for week 12. My pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. And enjoy your weekend. Have a happy Thanksgiving, bud. You too, man. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks. TDV doing NFL. There's always a great job by Pete. We're coming up on 10:30. Show's gonna end at 10, you know, a little early tonight because I'm on, like I said, I'm on vacation. So we're gonna go to 10:30 tonight. So I'm gonna do another quick commercial break and then come back and close the show. Attention, business owners, website owners, event promoters, or anyone looking to promote your product. The Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network is the perfect way to spread the word of your business around the world. That's right, you can advertise at our network and be played on all of our shows at rates that are so cheap, it's a no-brainer. For more information, contact Bay Ragney at bayragney at gmail.com. To keep your business driven, stay driven with Totally Driven Entertainment.
Hey everybody, this is Nick Wilkinson with TV Nation and Totally Driven Radio and Entertainment. Sadly, each year, approximately 3.6 million children become victims of child abuse. My latest ebook, Child Abuse, The Ripple Effect, explores the long-lasting effects abuse can have on victims. Explore life after the abuse ends and how we cope with the tragedies of the past. Child Abuse, The Ripple Effect is available on Kindle for only 99 cents. And don't forget to check out my website, actingnotreacting.com, a common-sense approach to teens in crisis. Let's work together and make this world a better place. And remember, stay driven. Are you a fan of Sherlock Holmes? Letters from Holmes offers unique, one-of-a-kind letters from the world-famous detective himself. Handwritten on 8.5-inch by 11-inch aged parchment paper and using smudge-free ink to produce original, high-quality letters that fans will treasure for years to come. Each letter is handcrafted and written from the perspective of Sherlock Holmes, mimicking Holmes's native tongue and embracing many of the famous detectives' quirks, quips, insults and peculiarities. Order a love letter, birthday greeting, personal correspondence or more only at www.etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash letters from Holmes. Are you looking for a mortgage for that new home? Do you want to refinance to a lower rate, obtain cash out, or consolidation? If so, call Anthony Muscarella of Advisors Mortgage Group. Advisors Mortgage Group is a mortgage banker and loan our own money to First Lien Mortgage Loans. We have built a platform for a seamless and stress-free mortgage process, which remains our number one goal for all of our customers. We understand that success cannot be obtained without teamwork and communication, two of our most important strengths. If you're looking to apply for a loan or simply have some questions, please don't hesitate to give Anthony Muscarella a call at 732-749-3333, extension 12, who, by the way, has been recognized by Mortgage Executive Magazine as being one of the top 1% of originators in America. That number again, call Anthony Muscarella at 732-749-3333, extension 12, where we tailor our loans to meet your needs. Advisors Mortgage Group is an equal housing opportunity lender licensed by the New Jersey Department of Banking and Insurance. Branch NMLS number 173453. Loan Officer NMLS number 111400. Welcome back to the Mojo Sports Show. Another great show. I want to thank everybody for calling in and listening. As they did the show from the road today, it went well. Great job, PDV, Padman, Adam, Christine, everybody who called in today. Great job today. I want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving coming ahead for the following week, and I hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving. I will speak to everybody next weekend. I'm going to close the show with a commercial break, and then my new, you know, the finished music to listen on for the schedule for the show, for the week's of week show. The weekend shows are coming on now, and uh, again, everybody have a happy Thanksgiving. Are you ready to be totally driven? Totally Driven Entertainment Network has a full lineup of shows dedicated to total entertainment. Starting on Mondays, we have the always relevant and often hilarious Hard Talk with Big Daddy and Big Booty Trudy. That's at 6 p.m. And at 11 p.m., go eight flights up and get your mind right. Tuesdays at noon, Pro Wrestling Now with Mike Ferreira covers professional wrestling news, rumors, and one-of-a-kind interviews with professional wrestling performers and insiders. At 8 p.m., join Smith Hart of the legendary Hart family dynasty for the Hart Grapevine as he goes behind the scenes and shares his knowledge of the professional wrestling industry and some truly remarkable special interviews, too. Welcome to Hump Day, Wednesdays, 9.30 a.m. The Coco and Wee Wee Show asks the age-old question, Who do you love? Who do you shove? 
And at 8 p.m., the Give No F's Cosplay Variety Hour brings you the best in cosplay, comics, video games, and more. Thursday nights at 5 p.m., Pro Wrestling Now with Mike Ferreira returns to the airwaves to cover professional wrestling news results and more. At 8 p.m., Totally Driven Radio, the show that started it all, brings you the best in topical conversations, celebrity interviews, exclusive musical guests, and so much more. Your Friday night would be incomplete without a trip to Uncle Shawnee's Playground. Join Uncle Shawnee at 8 p.m. and prepare to be offended, but, you know, in a good way. At 10 p.m., don't forget the LAW Retro Wrestling Hour, bringing back the golden age of professional wrestling. Saturday mornings at 10 a.m., the Mojo Sports Show starts your weekend off with a healthy dose of sports mojo. Get the latest news, scores, results, and more every Saturday morning. At 9 p.m., Totally Driven Radio rocks. Bay Ragney unleashes his inner beast as he takes you on a heavy metal journey and looks at the music he thinks rocks. That brings us to Sunday morning, the perfect time for a big weenie. At 10 a.m., the big weenie Castanini show goes live around the world. And ending the week at 9 p.m. on Sunday nights. Join the TV Nation for your weekly dose of the Nerd Herd and talk all things comics, TV, movies, and pop culture. Remember, get driven, stay driven. Welcome back to the Mojo Sports Show. Thank you again, everybody, for joining. Great show today. I want everybody to have a happy Thanksgiving again. Just wanted to tell you one more time, enjoy your Thanksgiving, and have a great holiday. And next Saturday we'll be back the normal slot, 10 to 1, and uh, we'll be covering more NFL, NBA, and NHL, and more baseball news as well. So definitely, everybody, thanks again, and have a great, a great weekend and an even better Thanksgiving.